The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves the experience of cracking them open or you love the convenience of no-shell pistachios like myself, Wonderful Pistachios is the perfect healthy snack for when hunger strikes. And there are a bunch of tasty flavors to choose from too, like honey roasted, smoky barbecue, jalapeno lime, and more. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Good morning, beautiful people, or if you are on the East Coast, aka the best coast, it is good afternoon, and you guys know what today is, right? Hump day! It's hump, hump, day! hump day! My favorite day. Well, it's not necessarily Mike, my favorite. Oh, Mike, Mike. there we go! Hump day! Is it, Mike? Okay. <laughs> yeah, hump Let's day. Guess what today is? <laughs> it's hump day. Woo-hoo! Um, yeah, I love that camel. Uh, shout out to the goat. Well, the camel. Whatever. Um, if you guys aren't familiar, as you should be, but if you're not, I'm Ashley Nicole Moss, and I got the guys with me. I got Corey in the cut. I got Wu in the west. I got BC in the back, and Mander Legend, who is a mystery to us all because we will mm-hmm. never see him. Never. Well, we will see him. Y'all just will never see him. <laughs> Brandon, again, is not with us today. He is getting better. He's feeling under the weather. So as usual, as we did yesterday, we are sending him love, light, and positivity to to get Absolutely. well soon and to rejoin the show. But we got a jam-packed show today. We have um, Anton Walker in the building with us, so that's going to be yes. fun. We'll dive into some basketball NBA talk. We'll have a lot of things to discuss. We have a cool discussion about greatest pure scorers of all time, NBA history pure scorers, and we'll see whose list is better, if how they match up. But before we get into any of that, we're going to dive into news of the day. So, mm-hmm. Corey... What's popping in the world of news? Well, I tell you what, there was a lot of drama in the football world yesterday and, and on Twitter, I, okay. I must say. And it was between some DBs, some old, some current, some active players and uh-huh. some, you know, some vets. So, yo, we got well, what I tried to do was capture this thread that I was able to find on Twitter. And yeah, that was so it started with this. So yesterday, um, Fowler. Uh, what, what, what he does every offseason is with the help of executives, players, scouts, and coaches, he comes up with just, you know, rankings. It'll be positional rankings. You know, they'll do quarterbacks, receivers. Well, they released their DB rankings yesterday. And, and you know, you can look at the list here. They had Patrick Satan up top. Sauce Gardner came in at number two, and Jalen Ramsey um, came in at number three. But if we were to continue on down this thread – Asante Samuel, you see his name there at the, on the lower third. Mm-hmm. He decided to chime in, right? So you see here, he said, he, he shared his opinion. He said, the New York media will take your career to another level. Kind of sounded like a sub, right? He says, it's the New York media. <laughs> the New York media is what they did to, it's the New York media what did, maybe that's a little typo, that's why I stumbled there. Revis, what did Revis do so special? I'll wait. It's documented. Want great cornerbacks? 
Uh, it's documented once. Yeah, man. Santi Sentman got to work on his grammar. Uh, it's huh? documented <laughs> One <laughs> great cornerbacks did in the stats. <laughs> and then Sauce Gardner was like, all right, like I'm catching strays here. He gave his two cents. He said the tweet literally says those were the cornerback rankings by players, executives, scouts, and coaches. I'm trying to figure out why you keep bringing up the New York media. All right, let's go on to the next one. Oh, they're just, still going. Oh, there's more. Okay. They, they, they're oh, still wow. going. They might be still going as we speak, oh, if we're okay. being honest. Here we go. And then Asante Samuel said, basically he says, uh, uh, you know, I'm going to challenge you, right? Let's turn those breakups into interceptions. And Sauce Garner is like, I, I can challenge myself. I can do the same thing. I got coaches. I don't need you challenging me. And Asante Samuel said, hey, my bad. I'm just, you know, telling you like it is. It's not me. You know, it's not about me hitting you private. I'm just speaking how I feel. And we can move on because it's a lot to read here. Go ahead to the next one. And then this, this is where it kind of got interesting because then Darrell Revis got involved because, of course, he's a New York Jet great and he's a cornerback that kind of fell into that, you know, into that, that really the conversation that, that he's having between him and Sauce Gardner. So this is what Darrell Revis said. He said, hey, I just landed. Here we go. I really don't know much about this guy. And, of course, he's referring to Asante Samuel. Never was inspired to watch his film, but something does jog my memory. I do remember when we played the Falcons and with Rex Ryan, made a highlight clip of him being double moved on every single route. I recall Rex saying to the receivers in our weekly team meetings, the game plan was if, if he lined up across from you, double move him every time. So in practice, our receivers referred to him as the double move king. I never viewed him uh, as more than what he said about him in that scouting report. True story. Then, of course, you know, Santi Sammy, he's already, you know, being messy. So he just oh, decided my to, God. They, they went. They, this, the this is the last one, y'all. But Asante Sammy, of course, replied to him. He says, he could have showed you. You got beat on more double moves than myself. That's a fact. I don't know how much. I don't know what he said. I don't know much. Go look in the history books. I'm there. What about you? And then, of course, Terrell Reeves tried to end it here. He said, try me again, mother sucker. I'm a first ballot Hall of Famer. Scouting report on me was a head coach telling his quarterback to be cautious of even throwing it my way. It just hit different, bro. Maybe you should write a letter to the Hall of Fame voters and state your case. So, Santi Samuel actually isn't in the Hall of Fame, right? And... Uh, Darrell Rivas is, but if you do look at Asante Samuel's stats, I mean, I think he's a—he's he, definitely a legend. He's definitely an OG. But what do you think of this whole situation, Ashley? What's, what's up with this drama that they're getting themselves into? I don't care. <laughs> like grown men going right. back and forth. I don't care. Um, it's a five-minute conversation, if we're being real, right? Yeah. I honestly don't care. Like now, I have no feelings about it. Um, Y'all have each other's phone numbers. This could have been a group chat don't care <laughs> like we can move on from that thank you yeah. for that that synopsis uh -huh, uh -huh. that great summary but um don't care yeah, but, but these guys, <laughs> could but, care less yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no nah, but honestly speaking like and, and we've had a something sam's a cool guy and, and he, i think he has the right to share his opinion but it, it's just like stay stay off uh, stay off instagram right like yeah. like you said like like you guys have each other's number just hit each other up. And I know, yeah. I don't know what it is. Though. I don't know if, if Asante Samuel is mad about not being in the Hall of Fame or is he mad that he just, you know, like, what is it? Like, like I'm trying to figure out why, why he had the hard feelings against everyone. Yeah. Who it, knows? It, it, it also, I'm looking at some of their information here. He was drafted before him. He also has more Super Bowls than him. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's jealousy or nothing like that, but it, it's like you had a great career as well. So I'm not sure exactly un until until I actually dig into these mm -hmm. stats uh, where this beef is coming from. Other than other than competitiveness, I mean, listen, I tell you, what, like like I said, I, look these because and you know what's crazy? Like I said, this this still was going on. 
uh, Asante Samuel was sure to quote retweet somebody who posted their stats side by side. I mean, you tell me if Asante Samuel deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Well, th- in their re- in their head to heads, Asante Samuel is four and one. Darrell Rivas one and four. Asante Samuel has fifty one career interceptions. Darrell Rivas has twenty nine. Asante Samuel has six career interception touchdowns. Darrell Rivas has three. And there's not much of a difference between their tackle totals. Only, like, what, 13 tackles in between? I think okay, he has them so all forced fumbles. Moral of the story, guys, we can go ahead and put a bow on this. <laughs> People are in their feelings. Yeah. And they well, took it to Twitter. The end. Well, well, well no, really. Tale really, as old as no, time. Really We've the, seen this before. No, really what this conversation is about, though, is, is Sauce Gardner as good as advertised? That's really what this comes down to. Do you think Sauce Gardner is, is as good as advertised? And he's saying that New York media is hyping him up the same way they hyped up Darrell. That's what right. he's really getting at, I believe. Well, then take it up with the New York media. Call the New York Post. Call the New York Times. Call uh, SNY, call PIX11, mm-hmm. call uh, Channel 7. Yeah. Like, take it up with them. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. understand why this is a conversation. He didn't put himself on the list. He didn't rank himself on the list. Mm-hmm. It was decided for him. He's just reaping the benefits and celebrating, I guess, or, you know, lavishing in where relishing rather mm-hmm. in wherever he fell on the list take it up with him you know what this is like take it up with that like why are you talking to me i didn't make the list bro yeah. like uh-huh. take it up with the guy who did it i don't understand it's the classic case of don't hate the player hate the game yeah right that's all it is i got a couple questions like you... i listen i know we in the dog days of uh-huh. summer but we don't got to do this guys yeah. like, well, we're, no, we I, don't have to have this conversation i, have, I do have a couple of legitimate questions though do you think players in bigger markets are an advantage yes at, you know as opposed to guys in small but markets? we've known this from the beginning uh-huh. of time it's a it's a double-edged sword do you it's, think that's the oh no go ahead go ahead, go ahead. no it's a double-edged sword when you play in the new york media or you when you play in the new york market rather or the los angeles market um you are elevated to a different standard than you are in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. But when you're losing, you're also criticized in a different way than if you were you would be in Oklahoma. So it's a double-edged sword. Mm-hmm. It's it comes with the territory. So but we've always known that. We're not reinventing the wheel. It literally has always been that way. I don't know why all of a sudden it's oh the New York media is gassing you up. They did it with a bunch of other athletes. They did it with Eli, they did it with Odell. They've mm-hmm. done it with, I mean, we've seen it. It's happened across the board. They do it in baseball, they do it in basketball. Like when you are at your best, you get all the accolades, you're on every paper, you're in every sports talk radio conversation, sports talk TV conversation. And then when you are losing, the tomatoes are being thrown mm-hmm. at you extra hard and yeah. a lot more of them are coming your way it's always been the case like we gotta like stop trying to make it seem like this is a new thing it's not yeah no yeah. i hear you i hear you Je- you's gonna you gonna no, ask something no, no, no. i'll say yo bc can you throw up that very first graphic though with the rankings of the corners because i wanted to i actually wanted to dive into this too a little bit let me see let me see that up up there again because i i kind of like i kind of like this list but you tell me, do you don't you think Marshawn Lattimore is a little low on that list? Same with Darius Slay. Like if we're talking about current, corners. I don't read too much into lists because no. it's not my opinion. Yeah. Everyone's list is not gonna look the same. Like mm-hmm. I am not somebody who like, oh my god. One thing I have learned mm-hmm. working in this industry 
is everyone's going to have their own list. There yeah. are some lists that are just unanimous. There are some lists that no matter who you speak to, they're always going to look somewhat the same. Maybe a couple of positions, I mean, a couple of rankings may flop and flounder and they may be swapped around, but for the most part, they look the same. And then there are lists where everybody has an opinion. You mm -hmm. know what they say about opinions. Yeah. Everybody has an opinion and everyone's list is going to be different. And if you spend time going back and forth and getting <laughs> riled up yeah. and up in arms about everybody's list, you are going to have a very tough, very tough weeks out of the year. Yeah, okay. yeah, no, I agree. Okay. It yeah. is what it is. Yeah, yeah We all yeah. can't be winners on everybody's list. That's mm -hmm. okay. One time I didn't make the hot or not list when I was in middle school. Oh. That's okay. <laughs> How'd you deal with that? I think I cried in the bathroom. Oh, nah, no. <laughs> see? So she maybe that's what Sante got to do. But guess know. what? Those same guys who didn't put me on the not list are in my DMs now. Mm, so funny the how block, huh? the ah. funny how them tables turn, spinning huh? Guess who's hot or not now, buddy? <laughs> well, at the end of the day, I think Sauce Gardner is a great corner, and I think Asante Samuel deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. So I think I hope everyone ends ends up happy with this situation. Jeez. All right, yo, moving on. This is for uh, really our fight fans. Who? This is gonna be a fun conversation. Uh, we probably won't spend too much time on it because I don't know how uh, <laughs> I don't know how into it Ashley may be. But okay. yo, Mark Zuckerberg is training with Israel Andesaya and Alex Volkanovski. Do you oh see that, man? Oh my god! Look, this, and this is okay. what I've been saying. This is what I've been saying when it first came out. I like Zuck, man. Do you see this dude? He actually looks like he belongs right in between one of those two guys. And we know the, we know I, I, those I are legends, saying, but look man. how ripped he looks. Yeah, that's definitely him standing he, between two legends. Yeah. Um, I don't think uh, Elon looks anything like that. Nothing like that. So unless he's going in there with just brute force, I mean, it looks like Mark is actually taking this pretty serious. Actually, I did not yeah. expect Mark Zuckerberg to look like that. Right. I'm going to be honest with you. That's yeah. not what I thought he looked like without a shirt on. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, if you ask me, I don't know. It's looking like Elon Musk ain't going to have a chance, y'all. And, and nah, he's getting waxed. Yeah. Like, he's yeah. getting waxed. Yeah. yeah. And, and the fact that he's training with... Currently, like like Volkanovski just got named again the pound for pound mm -hmm. best fighter in the world. He learns Israel is that guy. Yeah, so he's it's great. like Elon better be coming with it because I don't know who he's training with, mm -hmm. but it's not them. Yeah, right. Exactly. So uh, yeah, we know he, we know Mark is in the gym. Moving on, Devin Booker. We got a sneak peek at what his uh, book one signature shoe with Nike is going to look like. And if you ask me, they look they look pretty dope. Ashley, I don't know how you feel about it. You said dope? I mean, yeah, they kind of look like, like black them. forces. I kind of like them. Yeah, what y'all was to say, what I don't like is that they, they kind of favor, you know, a lot of shoes that we've already seen Nike kind of produce. But if we if you asking me if I like it or not, the question the answer is I like it. Like, I think it looks cool. No, I, I would rock it. I'm glad it has colors because mm -hmm. it definitely reads black Air Force energy. Yeah, it does. It's like, so, the, and the way, because it's kind of cutting off the bottom of the shoe, it really looks like an Air Force right now, don't it? Okay, yeah. there we go. It looks a little bit more like a basketball shoe now that we can see. Now, the oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It did yeah. look like a It looked just around. like an Air Force One It looked just though. like an Air Force One. So, yeah, this was, uh, you know, this was a sample that we had seen, and that there's, I think there's also like an orange sam uh, a sample that where the shoe is all orange, the upper is all orange. I don't um, know, like, I don't know what's up with y'all, but these shoes are horrible. They horrible? You think I just called it Black Air Force Energy twice. What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, I would, I would okay, I'm sorry. Because I think I don't know what's up with something. Corey. <laughs> but the, first of all, look how thick the swoosh is. I, I kind of like it, you know? Yeah, oh, you're, what's wrong <laughs> with you? It's not an ugly shoe. It's not an ugly shoe. With the, with the gummy sole 
and the black like come on no, like we let's, have to, and, we're not doing this funny. these are basic they're whack <laughs> they're shout not out, fly out, Devin out. Booker is way too fly with the things that he does on the court and also I like his swag like I like the way he dresses <laughs> I loved his collaboration with Converse I thought that was right up his alley the Converse mm. was dope like it was nice clean um, simplistic, minimalistic, like very much some like in line with his particular personal mm -hmm. style. I don't know what the hell these are, <laughs> but he got to send those back to the factory and start over because that's that's not it. Yo, yeah, they in the chat killing it. They said, "Yo, pregnant swoosh looks whack." <laughs> that's Jeff. Yeah, that's hey, crazy. someone that's put thick. Kobe's are back, baby. I did kind of say that in the back of my head that they look a little bit like Kobe's, just like the flat nature of them. Listen, but. Let me ask you a question, Corey. Someone uh -huh. gets you those shoes for a Christmas present. You 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 happy when you open them up? Yes, because I'm like, I'm wearing these out on the court. Hopefully they feel good on the foot and they're actually good support in them. Because that's mm -hmm. why I'm looking at them as solely. I'm, I, maybe you're looking at them to like wear with a fit. No, nah, I'm, just look, I'm not them? looking at them. It doesn't matter. Fit, no fit. They're still like ugly. You, on the, you wouldn't she wear those on the wear court on in a basketball game? Why is why do I have to be why do I have to succumb to wearing ugly basketball shoes? Like Listen, Kobe's aren't well, ugly. And this is why this KD's is what I was are say. dope. Why I gotta wear yeah. why can't I hoop in like fly shoes? Well, why does it matter? I mean, we're talking about like the best, like the pinnacle of basketball shoes. We're talking about I mean Jordan's they're more casual shoes, but like the KD's KD's the are LeBron's, nice, they're nice looking shoes though. Rest in peace to the Nike Kyrie's, but we're gonna get to Kyrie here in a little <laughs> bit. But rest in peace to the Nike Kyrie. Those were like the three-headed monsters on Nike, right? Like those were the shoes, but but they were starting to become really just hooping shoes. So now I really only look to Nike as just hooping shoes. If you ask me, they these don't are even look cozy, shoes. they look hefty. They look like they, they'll be light. Like they be, they look like they'll be light. They look heavy to me. My hope is that they actually have good support. You know what it is? Maybe I don't like them because I don't really like black sneakers. Is that there what it is? Too. Maybe that's why I can't resonate with these. Black sneakers, for me, I can't look at a black sneaker and not think of an Air Force One. Really? I don't yeah. own a pair of all black sneakers. The only... Yeah, I don't own a pair of like predominantly black sneakers. Like unless they're like the designers. Like my Rick like my Rick Owens, mm -hmm. like they're black canvas but the and the rest is the white lace white, with the yeah. white sole. Yeah. But I can't yeah. I don't know, every time I look at a black sneaker, yeah. I just think of like an Air Force. Really? I can't get past it. I it just it now, just doesn't what was the origin of the black Air Force energy? Why people stop wearing it? NBA young boy, man. NBA young. Nah, it was way before everything. that. Like he changes everything. those kids who came to class once every six months used to wear black Air Force with that yeah. hard crease right across the toe. No, yeah. I, honestly, like, I don't. I don't ever remember a period where we looked at people that wore black Air Force Ones as crazy people. Yeah, I no, wore black we Air always Force did. Really? Black, the kids with black Air Force Ones were like the kids who like used to have those, those drawstring book bags Stop. with like one drawstring <laughs> and nah. just like throw it over their shoulder nah, nah, barely in school and like nah, would and then would like f come into class and like never had a pencil <laughs> in the bag yeah. it was like a bunch of papers no folder no, no binder like would oh just come God. with the hoodie on and just sit there just like spoke trouble into into existence. No, nah, nah, the yeah. fact that you said the drawstring with the black forces. The drawstring the, book bag with the black forces. Nah, that I was like lie. the pinnacle. Nah, I can't lie. I might have been that kid. I was a smart kid though. I always had good grades. But You I'm look like you were that kid. I had the black forces and I had the drawstring. You couldn't tell me nothing. I had the drawstring. You kind of took me back just now. <laughs> the drawstring back there, that was, that, that was, it was two colors. So if you flipped it, it was navy blue and white. I, you really taking me back. It was wow. navy blue and white. The navy blue side had a white check. If you want to switch it up, you could switch it to the white side and it had the navy blue check. <laughs> Man, I didn't even. And have I used a to rock the Air Force so. Ones. The black what color? Did, what color socks did you wear? Um, you gotta wear black socks with the Black Forces, right? You can't wear the white. That's socks. not what I asked you. I said, what color socks did you wear? Yeah, black. Oh, 
Okay. Why you would adjust me if it was white on black? Oh, for that's sure. weird, right? Yeah, that's like Penn State vibes, Penn State Navy <laughs> line vibes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, now how about this? Moving on, guys. Uh, Kyrie Irving. I said we were gonna get to him shortly. He signed a five-year endorsement deal with Chinese sportswear brand Anta. As you know, we, you know, like I said, I said rest in peace to Kyrie because he parted ways um, with Nike, but now again he signed a deal with Anta. And what they're doing too is giving him the role as chief creative officer. And they're giving him the freedom to recruit and sign players and other collaborators to join the brand. And the hope is to kickstart a process to fully distribute here in the U.S. Um, if you're familiar, you know, Jimmy Butler, he signed also to another uh, Chinese company. I can imagine that's probably the approach they'd like to take with Kyrie. Not to say that Kyrie's a bigger name, you know, than Jimmy Butler, but he's obviously established in the shoe game. So... I think this might be a good move. You like this move for Kyrie, Ashley? I think it makes sense for him. Um, you know, his relationship with Nike became contentious after a while. I think that the creative freedom for him wasn't there. And you know Kyrie's all about authenticity and individuality mm -hmm. and expressing his creativity. So this gives him an opportunity to do that and also have more of a leadership role within the brand. Um, I think there's a few athletes who are assigned, not necessarily to this company, but... Um, like D Wade with uh, Leaning, is that what it's called? And then, I think that's the leaning. same company that it's a, it's uh, it's that Jimmy Butler signed to. Yeah, Jay, mm. yeah, with Jimmy Butler as mm. well, and I think uh, CJ McCollum is also oh, yeah. um, on that roster. So I think this is this makes sense for Kyrie. Um, I'm not familiar with the brand. I don't know where you can are these shoes only online or can you get them in? I mean, nobody gets shoes in stores anyway right. anymore. So. Um, the answer shoot looks pretty good. I just I just Googled it. Yeah, it I'm not familiar cool. with the brand, but I mean, if anybody... Listen, I was a big fan of the Kyries. Kyrie, know how, Kyrie knows how to make a good basketball shoe. So if he can bring that same energy to this situation, I feel like it would be a success. Yeah. Well, hear this. So they're the third largest manufacturer of sporting goods overall behind Nike and Adidas. So they're like oh, wow. competitive. Okay. They're very competitive. I don't, I, I and China's a huge market, so... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, huge market. China's huge. Wait, say, can you can you say that stat one more time for me? No, just that they're the third largest manufacturer of sporting goods right behind Nike and Adidas. Mm. Even though we've never heard of them, they're well, pretty big. We've never heard of them, but think, like, we're such a small portion of, like, the world. Correct. Remember? I mean, Correct. China's huge. Asia is huge. So, um, and also, you know, they say that if you can create a fan base in Asia, you'll never go broke. Mm. You know, you Ask T Mac, mm. ask Allen Iverson, like they go over Stephon Marbury, like they're gods over there. Yeah. Um, Dwight Howard. So Dwight Howard in Taiwan now. Mm -hmm. um, so I think this makes sense for Kyrie, and I'm excited for her. I'm happy for him. You think Kyrie be able to get this shoe as popular as he did with the Nike shoe? No. No, just because Nike, Nike had Nike in America is like the insane. gospel you it know is. what i mean um but i think that this shoe will may this shoe will be more popular overseas yeah but it'll I think, expand his global reach I, I probably. think i think it'd be really cool to see him like just grab other athletes too he could start start yeah. to see maybe like the you know the athletes that haven't been able to land like those big nike deals maybe like those second tier guys mm. that are looking for for big shoe deals maybe this is the brand that steps in and now takes those players from Good even point. getting to the point where they can get to nike and make their shoes yeah so now that, that opens the market up a little bit more and not yeah. as monopolized just nike and adidas or whoever and I can actually get a brand. No, I, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Someone in the chat says Clay Thompson was also signed with them at one point. So, oh wow, is that one point? I wonder what what happened with that. Anto? Maybe the Probably deal just, just ran out. Yeah, no, like, maybe the deal ran out. He never resigned. I yeah. don't know. 
Yeah, that, that could be it. Or maybe he went back to an American manufacturer. I don't know. Correct. Yeah. yeah no, nah, yeah, that could have been it. That could have been it. But uh, now going back to uh, the Devin Book shoe, I'm wondering what we should do. Because you say, you're saying that shoe's ugly, right? And it's I personally don't like it. <laughs> I mean, for somebody who has swag, like Devin Booker has swag, uh-huh. I'm very disappointed with that shoe. No, nah, because cause me, so Jazz, one of our graphic designers, and JP, one of our other um, one of our other producers, right? We had this conversation about like the ugliest shoes of all time. Mm. I don't think that would, I mean, it would be nowhere near it's not the, ugliest. The, the top of the list. No, of it's sh- not ugliest the shoe ugliest of shoe of all time, but it's pretty ugly. <laughs> you said it's pretty ugly. It's pretty ugly. Do you remember? Do it's you remember the? Uh, do you remember the Chris Webber shoe that had the that had a rim in it? A what? Oh yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> what was Chris Webber shoe had? You never saw the Chris a... Webber shoe? Yeah, uh, I'm had, looking I, them up right now. But he said you you said it had something. in I it? I believe it had a rim, like a spinning rim in it. It was pretty bad. Oh, I'm not seeing nothing like that. No, a rim, a spinning rim in it. Yes, the uh, what are these? What are these called? Oh no 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 no! These are the Latrell. These are Latrell Spreewell. Oh, you're talking about oh, yes. Spreewell. I don't know why yeah, I agree with yes. I don't know why I said Chris Webber. And he the, also had the puffy, um, the puffy tongue. It was it, like a puffy tongue on it, also like on, of the, oh, of like the, the, shoe. the shoe. Yeah, like the inflatable. Oh, wow. Yeah, Latrell I want to ask. I want to ask the chat because they were saying they were saying too in the same conversation that that everybody had the Tai Chi's when they were growing up. The N1 Tai Chi's. Does any, is anyone familiar with that shoe? No. N1 Tai Chi. N1 Tai Chi. I want to know if anybody in the chat Sound is like familiar with team. the N1 Tai Chi. Chris Weber had those. Um, what was it? The, the Wawas? No, the Dadas. The Dada's. Yeah. yeah Wasn't Dada that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> oh, somebody. Yes. I'm seeing Dada actually all in the chat now. What are the Dada's? Oh, I like? see the Tai Chi. Yeah. I did see this on many accords. I yeah. never owned one, but I did see this on many accords. I'm, should, should we should we do that? Maybe come up with our list of like like the ugliest shoes, like the shoes that just flopped. Should I we mean, do that? Or should we go with the top five best shoes? No, best shoes is easy. The, yeah, that's what I'm thinking, shoes. right? Yeah. Top five ugliest shoes. I, the Tai Chi's, <laughs> no, but I remember the Dada's. Dada's were cool. The Dada Supremes. Oh, okay, yeah, that's that's what I gotta find. That was Webber shoe. So, the Dada Supremes. Mm-hmm. Well, what was we think? Was just was leather just expendable back then? Like that must have been it. It seemed like every shoe was leather, right? Just heavy on the leather with do, these shoes. Do y'all remember Dwayne Wade's old shoe though? The, the one that original had, like, the Converse ones. In them? Yeah, the Converse ones. Yeah, I thought those were great. I'm not even gonna say that those were actually ugly. I think they, I thought those were great. Somebody said I had K Swiss Corey. K-Swiss were cool. <laughs> I did too. I had a pair of K-Swiss. For ball though? No, I mean, just as casual. No, like, like oh, casuals. K-Swiss was cool. Penny though. had the be- like one of the best shoes. T-Mac shoes were pretty ugly. Agreed. T-Mac shoes were pretty damn ugly. And you know, unfortunately, you know. And I'm a T-Mac fan, but T-Mac shoes were gross. I would say at one point, I remember looking at this shoe and thinking like. These were the these were the Dada's for people who don't remember. These were the Dada's. Can we can we get a shot of oh, yeah, this? Those, Hold on. Yeah, those are not it. These are the Dada's. Can you see that? Mm, Hold a on. A little blurry. We'll, yeah, we're gonna we'll, get them. We're gonna you zoom this it. in. Look. Yeah, those are not it. Those are the Dada's. <laughs> the Dada's are pretty damn ugly. Yeah, those are the Dada's. All right, now this might be a very very unpopular opinion. I might get crucified for this. Oh God. I think Allen Iverson's shoes are pretty ugly, bro. <laughs> oh wow! Like, like I, I think, I, I think I just like I feel like I'm saying what a lot of people want to say too. But like, we just got so much respect for Allen. Which Iverson. one? The answer? The the which one? 
The answer? Honestly, I haven't I haven't come across an island for shoe that I really like. He ain't wrong, but I, I see what he's saying. It's like I people wouldn't caught say in the they, middle. I wouldn't say they were ugly. I think we forced it because Allen Iverson is a legend. Nah, they weren't. They weren't ugly. Is like, not, I mean, come, is that is that not fair to say? I think it's very fair to say they weren't ugly. No, 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 no. I can't give you that they were ugly. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't give you the that they were ugly. The only one was the question. That's the, the only question. One I think I would wear. The other ones look too much leather. Which, well, which one are you question? talking about? The question. All of them. The question. The answer. The answer uh, was fire. The what? <laughs> he said nah, all the of them. The question. The answer. Nah, nah Corey. Man. I can't. I his can't. Logo, get... His logo is fire. <laughs> I can't give. I can't give you the. I can't give you the Iverson. His, his logo is is fire. I can't. I, I can't let you have it. that one. What the Reebok logo? Yeah. The no, Hill. no, the Iverson logo, where it's like the eye with the oh. three in it. Nah, you, know, you like wild. Those. You wild for that. Oh, the questions were dope. He had ones too, right? It looked from the AI ones. Wasn't that a, that was a shoe of his also? Oh, he had a he actually had a lot of shoes. I'm looking at all of them. Yeah, they they not they not doing nothing for him. Now me. you are bugging. AI had some heat with Re and it was with Reebok at that. Wait, like, I haven't I haven't checked the chat. What, what's the chat saying? Are they Reebok? I'm seeing a lot of fire emojis. Maybe yeah, like they I said, say I was they expecting. say that you bugging. Yeah, the a yeah I remember AI AI had ones. The ones went crazy. Y'all think so? <laughs> yo yo. Yo, is that because I gotta be JP handling the page? He said that might be Corey's worst take ever. Yeah, that's insane. I've never <laughs> no. heard. I've never heard that before. No, nah, y'all remember look. the Fila Grant Hills? Oh, Fila Grant Hills. Fila has Fila has some sleepers. Fila has some sleepers. Yeah, you was talking about Grant Hill as one of the best scores of all time too. And of course, people stay tuned for our our top five uh, score, because we're, we're going to have Antoine Walker on to talk about, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what his top five scores all time. Of course, mine and Ashley's. But, yo, didn't you say Grant Hill had, was like one of the top scores all time too, BC in the back, since you want to, uh, you know, come and I join now? yeah, Grant Hill was But nasty. we talking sneakers. Don't he, try to throw him under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, no, but let me see the nasty. He was, no, he got cut short with an injury, but Grant Hill yeah. was one of those guys, though. Like, no, I was. think people forget. No, he was, he was. A lot of people forget BC. He was that he was he was like the next Jordan at one point. Was he? And that that ankle injury just completely destroyed his career. AI did have the red suede ones. That the red, red suede? suede questions. I mm -hmm. mean the red suede. Yeah, were the were freaking dope. Red like, suede. Yeah. Interesting. Well, they were like red toe. It was like a red toe suede, or the whole shoe was red suede. I'm I don't. I don't remember which oh, one it was. The it was the him. question though. It was either like was, right was it the but toe or the, the whole question. shoe? The whole shoe was. The whole shoe was red suede. Yeah, that yeah. show. That shoe was fire. I mean, maybe because it was all red, but you know. Now I'm not gonna let you disrespect AI's <laughs> shoe line. AI, AI had some heat. AI had some heat. Uh, I don't know. They they would never put on. And his commercials were hard. Yeah, well, I give him that. I give him that. His commercials the hardest. were definitely hard. He uh, had the whole hood was wearing AI's shoes like they. I think it was because it was AI. Though. Nah, the hood don't put nothing on if it's not no, fly. I'm you in agreement with Corey it. on that. I think they no. look, they lean more towards basketball nope. shoes, but because of his legend, people was like, oh, I'm exactly. these with jeans. When was the last time you saw someone in the hood wearing LeBrons? Yeah, but they I, I can ask. I can that. ask that same. It was because the, it, because that AI's shoe line was versatile. You could wear them to hoop and you could wear them to hit the club. Like, they that. were fly. I don't, I don't know about I mean, that. Are I'm you for real right now? <laughs> I'm not wearing those to the club. Is that Antoine? I'm wearing them, but it's yeah. only because of the strength <laughs> of Allen. Ash, you... Nah. He said, "Ask you wrong. Yeah, maybe Antoine, not like club. Right now, maybe not see. club live, but like a club you know in the hood. You could wear question reds <laughs> to the club live. No AIs in the club. 
Not like a fancy club, but like a hood club. Oh. Damn, you see, you see what the depth you have remember, to go to? It's one people, of people dressed differently back then. So you had baggy jeans and stuff. So they sat over the shoe just right. It wasn't like guys are wearing fitted jeans now. That would look crazy. Honestly, but back then yeah. the style was different. So like the baggy jeans, the baggy shirt Yo. with the with AI shoes on. Like guys were wearing that. Imagine AI questions with tapered jeans. No. Yeah, that would look that crazy. crazy. But back no. then, remember, they were dressing different. They had the oversized yeah. jerseys, and look. you would see guys rocking AI jerseys with the shoes. Like, they looked like people were wearing it, wearing it. Listen, the only time a guy's going to wear some Iversons right now with a fit is if it's Halloween and they're trying to try, trying to and they get like, because, the, because the style's different, but don't get it twisted. The whole hood was wearing Reeboks because of AI. No, right, no. 20 years ago, I can't, I can't disagree with that, but like. I don't know. Hey, yeah, can we? Yeah, can we see Antoine? Antoine, I know. I know yeah, we got to get his opinion. On I know. That. I know you hopped in this conversation. <laughs> you know, on the AI shoe. Yeah, we were just talking about Devin Booker. He's getting his new signature shoe. That's scheduled to release hopefully maybe in the holiday season of 2023, but it's set to release maybe in early 2024. And we was talking about Kyrie. You know, signing with his uh, a deal with uh, Anta, is the Chinese sportswear brand. But uh, yeah, then they got into like you know, because because uh, Ashley said she wasn't a big fan of the Devin Booker shoe, so it kind of got into like all right. Who others? Who other signature shoe was kind of lacking? And I said, Yo, I'm gonna I'm give that my unpopular opinion. And you know, Allen Iverson shoes weren't the greatest, so I don't know. I mean, how would you feel about AIs? Mm -mm. I wouldn't. I wouldn't wear them. Yeah, but but all respect not, to Allen Iverson, right? Like, oh yeah, no question. I mean, Allen Iverson knows all the respect. I would just wouldn't wear them at all. <laughs> he said, at all. <laughs> especially, <laughs> not with no, especially not with no outfit. Those shoes weren't made for like outfits. We're what not talking about them, now, what? though, Antoine. Back in the day, people were wearing them with outfits. Style was different back then. I'm not talking about now. I wouldn't expect anybody Ash, to wear them now. That's crazy. Ash, I got me and Allen Iverson in the same draft class. Right. <laughs> I, I noticed. I'm not. They like, were wearing them back in the day. <laughs> so I, I was here throughout the whole journey. Yeah. <laughs> I was here through the whole thing. Okay. It's well, maybe you weren't, but people were wearing them back in the day. <laughs> oh, Maybe Antoine wasn't. <laughs> well, first of all, it's not to you know too my horn. I was a Adidas guy. Let's okay. get this straight. I had my own shoe. Oh, so mm. I didn't have to wear them. Major flex, right okay, there. Okay, it's a flex. Major flex, right Respect there. That. That's a small. You, Ash, you know, I, I know. I'm like, you might think I'm a little. Well, you know, when I came out though, you know, like I got a real big deal shoe deal. Mm -hmm. But would you say, okay, you may Ten not have with Adidas. You had the Adidas, and then he had Reebok. Right. But would you say? When we're talking about worst shoes ever, I mean, I think of like Shaq. I think of the Dadas. I think of Tima. <laughs> Would you? You wouldn't put. Right you that. wouldn't put Iverson in that category. Those shoes weren't in that oh, category. No, no, no. no. I, the, the shoe was nice, but I wouldn't put it as. I think you know everybody's thing. Iverson's shoe wasn't to be wasn't like for clothes. Like you won't put them with outfits. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that nice now. Yeah. Shoot, I it's, guess a lot of people ain't get that I message because given Corey's point though is that they weren't that nice, but dudes respected them enough to wear them to the club. They were not. I don't In know. I'm not gonna give y'all that they weren't nice. They were nice shoes. They were mid. I feel going out though. They were mid. Like middle I, tier. I think. I think it, like it, it's just mid. Like you know, they're the middle tier shoes, right? Yeah. Like, I think that's where mid originated from. Just being. I don't know. Tier. In New York, everyone was wearing Iversons. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what y'all talking about. Uh, all right, hey, hey Antoine, <laughs> Antoine. It's time. It's time to do our top five scores of all time. I've really been looking forward to this. Um, I'm thinking about having mm -hmm. Ashley go first. Ashley, do you wanna do you wanna do the honors of uh, break? You know, cracking this off. 
We want to just go through the list, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. let's I'll go through the list. list. But then, of course, you know, you gotta, you kind of get, gotta give some justification as to where guys are placed on this because this is in order. So it's one, two, three, four, and five. You gotta justify why. Well, let Antoine go first. Was, He's our guest. You wanna do that? Yeah. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna give. Oh man, I don't know. They kind of already kind of displayed yours. So That's okay. Just take it off the screen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Antoine. Antoine, <laughs> we're gonna go with yours first, boss. How about you? Yeah, go through yours. Go through why you had, you know, who had one, who had two, three, four, and five, so on and so forth. Uh, well, that's simple. For first, obviously, the, I got the greatest score ever, and and, and obviously Michael Jordan. Um, I mean, I don't think nobody's going to argue that on who's going to be the, the the greatest. Then, obviously, I got Kobe Bryant. Um, I mean, this guy. I've obviously been in the same draft class with him, and just seeing his ability to score the basketball was just like Michael, and did it in all three facets. So. That's my guy. And then Larry Bird is three. I and mean, a lot of people may wonder why I picked Larry Bird, but Larry Bird was an unbelievable score. Mm. Just go, to, go through the film, look back, look mm. at his career numbers, look at the stats, look at the efficiency and the way he scored from the three and the two-point line and obviously the free throw line. Just one of the greatest scores. And then I had to put AI just because, I mean, his size, I mean, we may not never see it again. A guy his size to have that type of ability to, to score the basketball. So, and, you know, playing against AI and seeing him do it with six, three, six, four guys guarding him, um, it's something special to see. So I, I got AI four. And then we got to get put Wilt Chamberlain in there. I mean, obviously, you know, the numbers speak for itself for Wilt. So that's that's my top five um, of all time. Um, then you can start to, you know, I know a lot of people may think LeBron because obviously you have to score entire. LeBron's probably six or seven. Trying to think of another guy we got to put in there, but LeBron's probably uh, you know six right behind this this list right here for me. All right, all right. You got you got any uh, initial reactions or thoughts on it? I went a completely different route. I didn't put any of the the older guys. Well, minus Jordan on my situation. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain, I hear it, but I also feel like we've seen so many pure, just incredible scorers since him mm -hmm. that I don't know if having him on the top five anymore even is. His, it's historically accurate. I just don't even know if it's something that is even fair at this point. Like, mm -hmm. we're, it's no different than how I feel when he is in someone's top five of players of all time. Like, mm -hmm. we have seen so much happen since then that I feel like if someone's got to move, like, will, like, I don't even have footage of that 100-point game. How do I know what actually happened? I'm just kidding. But, like, I'm just kidding. But, like, for me, I've seen – we've seen so much since then that he's not in my top five. Mm -hmm. uh, Larry, I'm not mad at the Larry Bird one. Yeah, um, I don't have him in my top five. I had him right outside of it just because of, again, how much we have seen since then. There are guys that I put in that situation, in that position before I even think come to Larry Bird. That's not taking him out of the top ten at all. Mm -hmm. But when we talk top five – my list looks a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm with you on the Wilt one. I mean, Antoine, honest question, though. Do you think Wilt would have been the dominant scorer he was across all eras? Do you think he's a guy that would, that would have fit in this era as well? Or do you think defenses would have been able to, uh, you know, to shut him down, you'd say? He couldn't, probably not in this era now because the big men here are so skilled. Mm -hmm. So um, he wouldn't have the advantage. And you got some bigger guys. So... I mean, with foul trouble and stuff like that. So it may not, it may have been a little different. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not, we always can argue what was the rules, how was the rules going to be played, how was the game going to be played, was it physical, was it going to be hand checking, was it not, mm -hmm. all those things. I just think when you look at his numbers and you start talking about 100 points and 
seventies and eighties. I mean, we gotta we gotta pay homage to that. We we're not gonna see no buyouts. We saw guys have huge nights, but we've never seen guys have as many huge nights as him. So I'm gonna give respect to that, and I'm not gonna downplay that at all. That's why I put Will in there. I mean, them numbers are unbelievable. Some of the games that he had. And you can even attack on rebounds too in that too as well. Yeah. He had some huge numbers. I know it's different. He probably only had six or seven teams that was in the league at that time. It was totally different. But I mean, you got to give respect when respect is due. I'm trying to tell you because I st it's still unfathomable to me, right, that he averaged 50 points per game throughout an entire yes. season. Allegedly, I don't Just care. Kidding. I'm I don't kidding. Care what, I don't care I'm what kidding. era. I don't care what era you're in. Like this is this is how I had to put it in perspective, Antoine. Like. This dude was averaging more points than you could minutes in a game. That's crazy. It's that only forty-eight insane. minutes yeah. in a game. Allegedly, you play the whole game. He averaging more points. He averaging more points than minutes in a, minutes played in a game. Where's the film, Corey? I, I, Where is the film? I, they, they got film of him. You know, run the, 70s, the film. I need yeah, the film. I, need, I ain't film. buying it. Not buying it. Where's the footage? I need that '60s film. I need to see the record books. Yeah. Where's the scoreboard? Where's was, the scorekeeping? Where's the bookkeeping? What was yeah. his shot? We got records of shots. we got records of everything else, <laughs> but we ain't got records of that. What was what was his <laughs> signature, Antoine? Because because I know like you know I'm totally kidding by the way. Hook. Before people come what to me, I'm bag? totally kidding. What was Will's bag though? Just big. I mean, if you look at the footage that that we do get to see, it's a lot of it's against Bill Russell. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? But he, I think his size is big. Uh, being able to finish around the basket. I mean, those guys really stayed around the basket. You're talking about 65, 70% field goal percentage those guys did. So I think that's that's why they was able to do it. And the size. I mean, it just wasn't guys big enough to guard him or to guard those guys at the size. Well, I mean, Bill wasn't a scorer. Bill was more of a defender and blocking shots and taking things away from the basket. But Will, could nobody stop him down there. I mean, it, it wasn't it, we wasn't a lot of big guys that really could body him, force him away from the basket. And those guys, they, you got to think, they never shot threes back then. They mm -hmm. didn't play outside their game. Yeah. They didn't go out like these big – like we got big men now that handle the basketball, shoot threes, and do all these other things. So it's really possible if you stay around the basket and you shoot 65 70% from the field and you touching the ball, you know, every time down the court, right. you can put up the numbers that Will did. Mm -hmm. You got to put that in perspective too. You got to think about that. Yeah. These guys ain't leaving the – from the inside, they wasn't shooting threes. They wasn't dribbling. Everything was right around the basket. Yep, yep, right in the paint. No, I gotta say this: this is a wild stat. So the same year he averaged fifty points is when he did the hundred. Oh yeah, uh, hundred points. This is how he started off the season. This is game one, forty-eight points. Game two, fifty-seven points. Fifty-three on game three. Fifty-five on game four. The three Just, games oh, before he got the hundred: sixty-seven, sixty-five, sixty-one. Like, what is this? <laughs> I don't understand what he's. How are you getting 180 points in three games? Man amongst boys. In film that I have seen on Will Chamberlain, the dude was fast too, bro. Yeah. Like he he like he athletic. was transitioning. He was super athletic like, for sure. In a couple yeah. strides, he was already on the other side of the court, and that's how he got a lot of his points too. That he's just beating mm. in transition. He's just beating. He's beating everybody down the court, and he's just punching it. Just punching it. All right, two more points. All right, next next possession, two more points. Same thing. He was just running the floor. He was just outrunning everybody. Another thing, That's another thing. Seven footers that we see nowadays, they they weren't even. They, they, some are athletic, some aren't. You know, like they, it. You, you get different type of bigs nowadays. He was an athletic one, so he, you know, it it, it makes sense as to why you know he put up the numbers he did. By the way, he's playing the entire game. These are 48-minute No, that's what I'm saying. He playing. averaged like 48 points. Well, there was only eight teams in the league, so. <laughs> 
Yeah. Just putting that out there. There were only eight other teams that he, I mean, so seven other teams every that he had weeks. to. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, a little bit less strain on your body to play right. seven teams throughout the course of a <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah, you kind of get the gist mean? of it halfway through the yeah. season, who you can You kind of figure out, you know, the situation yeah, maybe right. a couple months in, so. <laughs> That's too funny. But no, I hear No you. shade, just say. <laughs> but uh, I mean, aside from, well, I, I think everybody on your list, Antoine, I mean, I don't think, yeah, I can't really argue any of them. Larry Bird, I think he could play now. Of course, Adam Oh, Larry Robinson Bird would can. kill now. Yeah, he would kill now. I, 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 he really would. Like, I, I, would, I would love to see Larry Bird. He was Bird ahead of his time, era. for sure. Um, Kobe Bryant, yeah. Michael Jordan. I mean, you can't, you can't go wrong with that list. But yeah, Will Chamberlain is, yeah, he, he's a, he's a, I want to say a wild card, but you know, he, he, You'll always have people on, on two sides of it, but I, I got respect for him. Will Chamberlain's. You can uh, put some other guys in there, Tracy yeah. McGrady, Camelo yeah. Anthony's that different guy, Bernard King. Mm-hmm. There's some guys that, you know, I mean you can add if you want to fight with the Wilk comment and, and mm-hmm. take them out the fifth slot, you could probably bump in there. Some yeah. other great scores. But no, I like it. I like it though. But all right, Ashley, it's your turn. Let's all see right. what you got. So my list is a little bit more modern, mm-hmm. but just like Antoine, <laughs> I went number one with the GOAT, mm-hmm. uh, Michael Jordan. Listen, I mean, pure score, though, ultimate blend of just athleticism and skill. I mean, his jumper was picture perfect. Um, Number two had to go Kobe Bryant. I believe he's the closest thing we've seen to Michael Jordan since Michael Jordan. Um, It is like Michael Jordan 2.0. Just also the mentality of both of those guys. I know that doesn't really play a part when we're talking about pure scorers, but there just wasn't a shot really on that court that they couldn't find a way to hit at some point, at some time. It's just magic. I had to go with Kevin Durant on my list. I mean, he's nearly seven feet tall and he possesses the same skill set almost. Many of the similar skill, similar skills to Kobe Bryant, T-Mac, Larry Bird, but he does it at seven feet tall. I don't think we will ever see a seven footer or a damn near seven footer do what Kevin Durant does. Um, he just moves so smoothly. He shoots so well. He can finish at the rim. Um, just in, He's also capable of hitting shots in a center's face, which is absolutely just, again, unbelievable for somebody of his size, the way he's able to move. Um, I had to go with my guy, Carmelo Anthony. Listen, Carmelo Anthony, I know he, a lot of people will knock his defensive abilities and whatnot, but when it comes to his scoring skills – I don't think that we have seen a player quite like him, at least not in New York basketball for a very long time and across the league. I mean, he was a solid rebounder at, at times, didn't really pass or play defense at much, but one of the best scorers in the NBA for nearly a decade. I don't think anybody can argue that. I mean, he was also extremely clutch. Um, just one of my all-time favorites. And then for the last one, I had to go with a combination of Allen Iverson and James Harden because I couldn't just give one, I couldn't get that last spot to one or the other. Allen Iverson, I mean, he led the league in scoring and shots attempted four times each. So just put that into perspective. Wasn't the biggest guy either. He was barely six feet. Um, just ultimate gunner incredible player just the way that he was able to just bob and weave out of defenses also unguardable one-on-one I just don't I think one of the best one-on-one players we've ever seen Mm -hmm. I put him up there with Kyrie Irving when it comes to one-on-one his signature crossover move I mean come on and then also tying with him when it comes to prime James Harden I don't think that we have seen a scorer quite like him 
in the NBA. I mean, truly a gifted passer. His isolation scoring skills over he emphasizes isolation scoring skills over distributing these days. But I mean, listen, when it comes to that signature step back, when he was at his best doing it, there was nobody better. Um, I just think that when it comes to James Harden, he was arguably one of the most unguardable players in the league at the time. And I think you got to give respect when respect's due. He may not be the same player he once was, but when he was prime James Harden, there was nobody better. So that's my top five. Oof, oof. The ISO God. The ISO, the, God. the ISO God. Yeah. Um, well, can I, can I dissect that a little bit? Go ahead. Mm. <laughs> just a little bit. You, I can't put Harden in there. I mean, this is why. But Harden played on a different rules. Okay. You couldn't hand check. But you couldn't hand check. True. So that's what benefited Harden. If you watch Harden, he got to the free throw line. You know, it was a it was a time in his career where he was getting to the free throw line 12, 15 times a game um, because of the hand check rule. So when you talk, when I think about scores, I'm just thinking about guys that can just get you buckets. I don't put Harden in that when, in that category. He's a great score. I'm not going to take that away from him. But when I talk about the elite, the top five, I'm not going to Harden for me a bucket. I'm not going. I, I don't need. I'm not going to a guy who needs 20 dribbles. To get where he got to go, that's just me. As I mean, a basketball guy who played the game, that's just me. I'm not going hard to give me a bucket. That's yes, just, I'm, that's a big part of his I, game was baiting officials into giving him fouls. I agree with that, but. I also can't fault a player for playing in a certain era. I mean, I can't take away that James Harden on isolation is one of the best we've ever seen do it. I mean, I hear what you're saying in terms of a big part of his game is getting to that line and forcing his way to the line, which is why I think we have seen his game fall off a little bit after they've changed the rules. But I think that you taking that outside of it, his ability to purely score that basketball was it is it is was however you want to phrase it an ultimate talent and he was one of the best at doing it i don't know if the era in which he played in and the rules and the things that were allowed and weren't allowed can, is enough to take away from that because it's there i just think it's a unique it's a unique style in the way he scored and he 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 made he the rules benefited his game and he took fully advantage full advantage of it. Yeah. but when i think about like i couldn't even put he's not better than t-mac at scoring the basketball so I wouldn't even, and I wouldn't, that's just, it's just, it's a multiple guys that I could really think of. I really put my hat to think of that are better scores than James Harden. James Harden benefited from the rule changes and made itself an unbelievable score. I'm not saying that, but great scores don't have to pound it 15 times. We, we don't watch great scores dribble the ball 15, 16, 17 times to get where they got to go. Score, uh, score. Uh, and that, and that, that's just my complaint with Harden being the top five. I'm not saying he's not a great player. <laughs> Not saying it's not a great score, but when we talk about top five, you have to separate it a little bit. You can't. This is like top five of all time. He ain't in my all time list. All right, that's all I'm saying. Hey, well, listen, I wanted to let you speak because I think I got something for you, Antoine. Because James Harden is definitely uh -huh. on my top five of all time. Oh, okay. So I don't know. I don't know. Are we ready to we ready to get into it? Or did you have more comments about Ashley top five? No, I mean, go he ahead. gonna save his go James Harden ones for you because you got them right? too. Is so go right? ahead. We gonna get into it on James Harden for, <laughs> for, for my top five. All right, so yeah, go ahead and throw my top five up there. So, I like T-Mac. So, of course, I got Michael Jordan at, you know, at number one. There's no denying that. We got 10 scoring titles. I mean, he had a year where he averaged 37 points per game, practically 40 points per game. In, in a more modern era, I understand that was 87. It might have been a little early relative to where we are now, but I think there was some good competitive basketball playing. But, like, why am I even trying to, trying to justify my Michael Jordan at number one? It's Michael Jordan. 
But I got Kevin Durant at number two, y'all. I got Kevin Durant over Kobe, and this is why I have Kevin Durant over Kobe. For some of the reasons that you had Kevin Durant on your list, Ashley, right? Like, he's a guy, he's seven foot tall doing what all of these guards on most of our lists are doing, right? He's seven feet tall. The the point the, the shot, uh, no, what's the point? I'm, what am I trying to say? Apex. Yeah, yeah, just where the ball is getting release point, the release point. The release point of his mm-hmm. shot is, is, is pretty unguardable. But look at these stats. I'm a stat guy. I'm a stat guy from Kevin Durant's first game. First season in the NBA, he already was averaging 20 points. He averaged 20 points as a rookie. And then for the next two years, he increased his points per game by five. By his third year, he was already averaging 30 points. We're talking about a Kevin Durant in year three. Didn't, what, one year in college? Young, young guy. So, and what I want to point out, too, is, is that we're in year 14, 15 of KD's career. He's still averaging 30 points. So he was doing it at the beginning of his career. He's doing it at the end of his career. And we just watch KD and watch how he scores. He could score any way that he wants to, any way he wants to. And this is also why I put him in front of uh, Kobe Bryant, because I think Kobe Bryant is obviously one of the greatest scorers of all time as well. But KD's true shooting percentage over his career, 61%. Kobe Bryant is at 55% from a career true shooting percentage. So that's why I have KD at number two. I have Kobe Bryant at number three. Kobe Bryant, he's he was the closest thing to Jordan, but I also think... He, all respect to Kobe Bryant, I think he had a little bit of a chuck in him. You know what I'm saying? I think he was just a volume shooter. He was a really Oh, you're big, not going to disrespect he, Kobe <laughs> Bryant on this platform in front of me. But, but he was. We're not about Kobe's one of my favorites. He's one we of my not favorites about of all this. time. Uh-uh. But he was a volume shooter, which is uh-uh. why, in my opinion, which is why, I mean, that. but look, look, career shooting percentage is 61 as opposed to 55. It kind of is in, 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 in What's the word? Indicative. There we go. We're not to about to do this. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean, I'm gonna let you three. finish. But three. yeah, yeah, he's top go three. Ahead. He's top three. So Kobe Bryant at three, and here we go. James Harden. Look, I, I hear <laughs> I, I hear what you were saying. I hear what you're saying, Antoine, that you know he was a guy, and I figured this was gonna come up when we are having this conversation, that he was a guy that knew how to draw the foul. But I think that was an art. There's nobody else that was able to do it like James Harden. He was able to do it with his ball handling ability and his ability to finish at the rim. Guys knew that he was able to finish at the rim, and that's why they was crashing so hard on James Harden. I mean, that's, I, in my opinion, I think that's a skill. And then we can't ignore the fact that this dude went 32 straight games with 30 plus points in one mm. season. And we talk again. This is the modern. This is a modern era. Like we talking about their scores galore. There's nobody that was doing that in, in in prime Houston James Harden. 32 straight games with 30 points. And then in 2018, he averaged 36 points. That was similar to like the point I made about Michael Jordan. I think that's that's just crazy to me. So I think James Harden, the ISO God, when he was in his prime, he he pretty much patented the step back. Everybody does step backs now. They realized how you can how much space you can create. Not to say that the step back wasn't in basketball before then, but James Harden, he just really he really trademarked that. So I got James Harden at four, and then I got T Mac, Tracy McGrady. I mean, it was just hard for me because what I was also thinking was. All right, you got guys like Kareem, right? One of the greatest scorers of all time. He had his hook shot. I think that was a guy he just stuck to what worked and just did it very, you know, efficiently and at a high clip. So, but if there was another Kareem out there that, you know, I think there was ways of shutting him down and and centers alike. I think that's why I stayed away really from centers and power forwards because I think these guards, right? And a guy like T-Mac, I mean, Kobe said it himself. He was a guy that just gave him a lot of trouble throughout his career. Uh, and we talking about one of the greatest perimeter locks of all time, and Kobe Bryant for him. For, so for him to throw Tracy McGrady out there, I mean, I think that was just some validation there. But yeah, I got tre- I got T Mac at five, y'all. 
So uh, before Twan d- dumps on your James Harden take like he did mine, uh, I got to disagree with you with Kobe Bryant and okay. having him below Kevin Durant. Right. I mean, he is the closest thing we've seen to Michael Jordan, therefore he's two, but also his offensive bag is deeper or was deeper than Kevin Durant's. That's not taking away from KD, but I don't think that you can even bring in volume shooting or lack thereof or excessive excessiveness of volume shoot into this even into this conversation if you saw Kobe Bryant play which I know you did I mean he did things on the court that we've only ever seen Jordan do and then then some I don't know if you can go ahead and put that after uh, Kevin Durant. What Kevin Durant is extremely impressed does is extremely impressive because of his size. We've never seen someone of his size do that before, and also not taking away what he's able to do with the basketball. One of the smoothest scorers I've ever seen, which is why he was on my list top three. I just don't know if I would put him above Kobe Bryant. I just feel like it's always Jordan one, Kobe two. That's just that's my mindset on that. So I have a question. I guess before you chime in, Antoine, what can Kobe do that KD can't? I feel like Kobe was more elusive with the basketball in terms of the way he bobbed in and out of defenders. I don't think that that, that KD really has that in his bag, and he doesn't have to. He's big. Mm-hmm. Um, Kobe was, I feel like their jump shots, I would say, they both have really pretty jump shots. So I'm not going to say that one's better than the other. They were mm-hmm. different. But I just feel like Kobe's ball handling, Kobe's just in motionness was just different than Katie's. It was smoother than Katie's. And again, not taking away from mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, because again, he's in my top three. I just think if I had to rank them, it was all it's always Kobe over KD. And if I I don't know the stat off the top of my head, I could be wrong, but I think Kobe had more wins over Kevin Durant whenever they faced each other. That's like possible. I think that they're I think that his efficiency rating was higher than Kevin Durant's whenever they faced each other. I just feel like if I'm comparing the two for me, it's Kobe, KD. But I'm not mad at your list. I'm mm-hmm. just saying for me, it's Kobe, KD. I, I think we're just His footwork by... was better. I, I, I mean, in my opinion, it's I think... It's tight. It's tight. It was, it's tight. In my opinion, I think Kobe is just Kobe. more athletic than yeah. KD. You know what and I'm saying? And 17 by Kevin Durant. It's very yeah. close. What you got to think, too, though. Kevin Durant's seven feet, so he has to get a lot of credit being a seven-footer. No, of course. And, of course. And, and, and I, started off, I started off by saying that, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what makes Kevin Durant unique. But Kobe, Kevin Durant top scores, it's Kobe all day long. For sure. No, it's not an argument. Just, I mean, I, I understand what Kevin Durant sticks out at and, and his ability to be seven feet and handle the basketball and shoot the jump shot. It's unbelievable. Kobe's more, obviously, more athletic. Mm-hmm. Um, better post-up game. Mm-hmm. You know, Kobe Kobe worked from the block. Um, arguably, depending on how you want to say it, I, I would say Kobe's mid-range game was a little bit better because Kobe's more was a rich, mid-range game guy than, than KD. KD's a better three-point shooter. Better on the Obviously, defensive okay. end. Both of them are great free throw shooters. You know, percentage points probably gave KD the advantage at the free throw line. But so those things that you know that's different. But Kobe Bryant's definitely a better score. I think we just get we get we get you know mesmerized by KD being seven feet and being able to do some of the things that he's he's capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's what makes it special right there for KD. That's what we kind of look at. But when you talk about just pure scores, Kobe Bryant second best ever. Easy. Is there a reason that you guys just completely left the goat off the real goat? The real goat? Who the real goat? Come on, bro. Don't say Paul George. No, LeBron James. Oh. 
Is there a reason um, none of you even no, try? When it comes to the names, when it comes to the names exactly. that we're naming, I don't think that LeBron is in the in that conversation. Just, yeah. just on creating a shot, you're saying? No, I'm, I'm talking about top scores. Even though LeBron, yeah. obviously his numbers are, are up there, and probably if you go to go by numbers, he's a top five scorer. But I think in but I think when you look at pure scores, and if mm -hmm. you know the game of basketball, I'm gonna get a bucket. It's gonna be a. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with these guys first. They're just ultimately great one-on-one -on -one player. Yeah, right. Um, you know, LeBron affects the game from the triple-double aspect a little bit more than these guys does, if, if not better than all of them, where he's able to pass, rebound, and do other things on the floor that kind of separates itself that makes LeBron James a little bit different. But just pure scores, we're talking about guys that just go get buckets and put it in the basket on every any given night. So yeah. that's, what, that's what I think this conversation, when you're talking about top five scores, right. LeBron's right there. He could be six, seven. Eight, depending. Some guys just left off this list. They mm -hmm. can fit into that. Antoine, I'm surprised you I left yourself that. off your list, man. What's up? <laughs> top scores? Yeah, man. What's up, man? <laughs> man, let me see. I'm in the top 25. Okay, okay. All right, all right. Antoine, top 25. Yeah, all right. I'm glad you're giving yourself some credit. All right. No, talk. I'm always giving myself credit. Nobody really can do what I did. Exactly. <laughs> talk, Antoine. <laughs> talk. 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 That's <laughs> I can I can shoot the three, go off the dribble, I had handle. I mean, I'm in the top twenty five. Mm-hmm. You man. know what I mean? <laughs> there you go. Hey, honestly, Ashley, I kinda wanted to get Antoine's thoughts on our on our start bench cuts from yesterday. Sure. Let's do it. Antoine, we had two like you familiar with like start bench cut, right? Start bench cut, nah. So, what's so, that? so I'm gonna give you three players. I'm gonna give you three players, and you have to start bench or cut these three players. So two oh, of them wow. you can okay. basically keep on your team, and then the, the third one you gotta cut. So it's three players. Come on. All right. So yeah, we're gonna do two rounds because we did two rounds yesterday. So the first oh. round, the first round is you gotta start bench cut Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and Anthony Davis. Wow, that's strong. Let's see if he. <laughs> oh, really? See, I had an easy time with this. I want to see if he does yeah. the same thing I did. I had an easy time with this. Let's kind of see what he <laughs> picked too. Yeah. Okay. I got got him. Him. I'm, I'm start. I'm starting. I'm starting Jokic. Okay. I'm benching. AD. I'm Damn. cutting B. Did you say you cutting in B? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Oh, I don't think nobody. Oh cut yeah, no, that was me. You cutting B yesterday? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh yeah, can we? I don't remember. I was saying on like his team, like the way he puts and, out into his team after. That the is true. He said he didn't like his attitude. Because the consensus. Yeah. I, well, I, can't, I guess I can't say the consensus. So my no, good choice, we'll Antoine. Yeah, so just just to, just to clarify to help help people, help people understand, I'm picking AD over B because AD going to give me more defensively. I just think AD is a better defensive player than Embiid. Really. So yeah. it'll be, yeah, I do believe that. So I had my list was start Jokic, bench Embiid, cut AD. And then Corey yeah. had... I had start Embiid, I had bench Jokic. Which is insane. I, I don't know how it wow. is. You said why? I said wow, yeah. Yeah, wow, yeah. I mean, we talking about a dude, he just he just finished a season where he averaged 32 points. He's coming off an MVP. And you're going to bench in the my reigning opinion, champ. In my opinion, he was the he's the best defensively, in my opinion. I think he can guard... I think he can guard really... He's not that athletic, but at the same time, I think any position would have a hard time if you got Joel Embiid on you. I mean, maybe there's some point guards that'd be like, "Nah, this is food. I'm getting to the rim." But Joel Embiid's pretty athletic to me, and he's a rim, he's a pretty good rim protector. Maybe not as good as AD, but if we're talking about complete package as, as as to where they are right now, taking Embiid, I'm definitely taking Embiid. And I can't cut Jokic, so that's why I just benched Jokic, but cut AD. 
I don't know, man. I'm with Antoine, you know what I mean? It could be. He hasn't. He hasn't changed my thoughts. No, not at all. But mm-hmm. he's making a valid point. He's fighting. He's in, he in court. He fights. You know, he <laughs> you know me, man. You know nothing, me. There's nothing wrong with that. I like you fighting. All right. All right. <laughs> no, I'm still still on my list. Fair enough. Fair enough. Take it from. I'm taking it from NBA legend. It's all good. <laughs> um. All right. This was our second one, though. This This is where it really got interesting. Yeah. Start bench cut. Jimmy Butler, Paul George, or Jason Tatum. And for clarity, this is, we are talking about Pacers, Paul George. No, I'm going, I'm starting, I'm starting Jimmy. Uh-huh. No question, I'm starting Jimmy. I'm bitching um, Paul George. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm having to cut Jason Tatum. There we Whoa. go. Bro, that's my pick. My man, well, it wasn't my exact one. <laughs> so mine but was. The reason, but my... the reason why I'm doing this, though, is strictly based off, those guys are two-way players to me. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum is not emerged as a two-way player. I'm not saying he can't get to that point. Right. I just think when you think about two of the best two-way players that the league has had in the last ten years, has been a Jimmy Butler and Paul George, mm-hmm. guys that do it on both ends. That's the only reason why I'm picking those two guys over Jason Tatum because Tatum hasn't shown to be a two-way player. He's one of the great scores in this league right. that we've seen. But he's not he is not yet a two way player yet. When you think of Jason Tatum, you don't that's not something that comes to your head real quick that he's gonna be a lockdown defender. Right. When you think about Jimmy Butler and Paul George, you think about their defense as well as their offense immediately. Yeah, exactly. So that's just that's just where the separation is at that. I think that was the best I, argument right there. That that I didn't really look at it that way. That those outside of Tatum, those, those guys are really good two way players. Correct. And mm-hmm. I think the chat is like they're only they, I don't know if they consider it only Paul George from now, but like everyone is disagreeing that Paul got to get cut. They gotta. Re- they I gotta be. Think- they're not they thinking about that. Paul George, Indiana man. Pacers Paul George, yeah. man. Yeah, right. Indiana Pacers Paul George was elite, and and and, on, and honestly, but speaking, we weren't. Antoine, but that wasn't the question, though. We said it wasn't Pacers Paul George. Well, it it, it was. I, I should have clarified that because it was it was the picture we went with. Because did it it did change your topic? Didn't I? Yesterday, I specifically said, "Are we talking Pacers Paul George? Or are we talking current Paul George?" Because the other guys are on, are pictured in the jerseys that they currently play for. And Corey sat here and said, "It's current Paul George." No, 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 <laughs> no, because no, because you. really, really, what I wanted to do was even pick current Paul George. Like I was going to stand on that. Like I would have even picked current Paul George. Current old. That, that's how I actually started. My, okay, my but you just said cut. it was Pacers Paul George, and now. But yesterday was current Paul George. Still so couldn't Tatum. That would have changed, but that would have changed it, my list. W- would it really though? All yeah, right, all right, Pacers so, Paul George? All right, so we got Pacers Paul George reconstruct your, your No, I'm not reconstructing it now. <laughs> I already did it yesterday. <laughs> Come on, Ash. You no, thought about I it. You already, got 24 I, I, hours. I already did it yesterday. I'm not about to pack, backtrack on my list now. That looks crazy. <laughs> okay. Like, I was under the impression it was Clippers Paul George. What was yours? What was yours from yesterday? Mine was start do? Tatum, bench Jimmy, cut PG. Okay. Yeah, and, and, and Antoine. But it was Clippers PG. Just want to put that out there for people who yeah. didn't watch the show yesterday. But look, even if we talking you about like Tatum over Jimmy Butler, nobody, nobody, me, no, no just she, Ashley. She, she I had Tatum that, over Ashley. Jimmy Butler. Oh, you did. I had you did. starting. Right. I had starting Jason benching Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, right. And I think he's asking, what was your reason? Well, for, for me, Jimmy with a second unit would benefit that I think a lot of times he gets hot later in the game and I think Jason Tatum's the opposite of that I think Jason Tatum a lot of the times starts hot and sometimes as the moment gets bigger he can sometimes shrink also I think sometimes his shot doesn't go ahead and follow four quarters of basketball whereas Jimmy Butler his clutch gene comes alive after this first half so I'm thinking in terms of 
who would I want my explosiveness of scoring to come from when I would need it the most? And for me, that's Jimmy. Um, obviously, it's a game-to-game -game scenario, but for me, Jimmy with a second unit, also I'm thinking in terms of would preserve his legs. He is a little bit older. Um, Paul George, love PG, but I do think at times he has been injury-prone. Again, Clippers PG mm -hmm. is injury-prone. That was the only reason I cut him. If it was Pacers PG, my list would look different. Pacers PG, I'm probably cutting Jimmy. Well, also, too, though, think about this with Paul George, and I'm not saying up there with those guys, but Paul George is playing as a 1B. For sure. He's not one. He's not a 1A, so that takes a different – the Indiana Paul George was 1A. Mm -hmm. My point exactly. So, <laughs> so you have to put that in consideration when you talk, when you think about Paul George. So don't, don't take anything away from Paul George, but – I'm not. Role. Had it been Pacers, Paul George, my list would have gone Paul George, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler. I would so have started PG, bench Jason, cut Jimmy. So do you want to retract your statement from No, yesterday? because I did it yesterday. Corey told me the rules were that it was Clippers, Paul George. <laughs> Yo, but look, this is what I, this is, and this is what I had said yesterday. I don't know. Why are we sleeping on Paul George up now? Like, like has he fallen I'm off not, that much? Compared to the, I'm not, but compared to the other players on the list, Clippers' mm. Paul George is drastically... If you would have said OKC Paul George, Pacers' Paul George, it wouldn't even be a question. But in comparison to Boston Jason Tatum, Miami Heat Jimmy Butler, and Clippers' Paul George, for me, it's an easy decision to make. I don't know. Because, well, look, this is, this is my logic. I, well... And my understanding of all of this, because Paul George, to me, if if he would have stayed healthy, the Clippers would have made a deep run into the playoffs. And I think we would have been looking at them, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, as a better duel. You just said it. If Jason he Tatum. stayed healthy, which is the reason I cut him. I know, but that I mean, I'm not. I'm. I'm that was the only reason I cut health, him. Yeah, but a healthy Clippers Paul George, I'm going. I'm rocking with him. I think he's still capable of what I he agree was, with you completely. Yeah, that, well, what he was when he was at the Pacers. Even right now, he averaged 23 points last year. So. Clippers, Paul George, Pacers, Paul George. That's why I didn't really want to like specify because Clippers, Paul George, Pacers, Paul George. I'm taking whatever, Corey. And move then, on. And then I, and I'm keeping Jimmy Butler. I'm I'm a bench, and I'm cutting I'm cutting Jason Tatum. Come on now, cutting it, boy. <laughs> hey, you're listening to Paper Route on Sirius XM, Sirius XM Faction Talk Channel 103. I'm Corey Holmes. I got Ashley Nicole Moss with me. We got Antoine Walker on the show with us. We got Wu Out West, and we got BC in the booth. And we just finished up our uh, top five scores of all time conversation. Also kind of doing a little bit of start bench. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean...
every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen. Remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well... Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Cut. But we're going to move on. We're going to move on, Antoine. I want to get y'all's thoughts on this. The NBA Board of Governors have approved of two new gameplay changes for this season. What those are are now in-game penalty for flops are resulting in technical foul free throws now which I think was a great uh, addition to the rules. Mm. And they also have a second coach's challenge awarded if the first challenge is successful. I know that was, um, mm. you know, that had people, mm. people mad during the season. Cause that, that, yeah, fir- why? Like, why, that why first one is a little iffy. You think so though? Why? The second one I love. Mm-hmm. The second one I feel like has taken way too long right. to happen. Right, it's a matter of time. Um, they have that in football. So they should have it in basketball. It just makes common sense. The first one, and Antoine, definitely jump in on this, is a little iffy because I feel like you're putting a lot in the ref's hands, like to determine what's a flop and what's not a flop. Now, if it's an egregious flop, like let's say Steph Curry is guarding Embiid. Let's just put that out there, Mm -hmm. hypothetically speaking. And Steph fouls him and Embiid flops. You know that's not real. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. he hits the ground, you know he's flopping, yeah. right? That's that's an obvious flop. But for ones, for people like Chris Paul, who can play it off really well, and usually does it in situations where it's believable, you're putting it in the ref's hands to make a judgment call. And we all see what happens when you allow the refs to make judgment calls. And also, um, the is it a player foul or a team foul? Because, like, let's say it's a player foul, right? And then you know and you're trying to argue that you didn't flop. Mm -hmm. And now you're arguing with the ref. Now it's another foul. Yeah, it's like two. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying? Yeah, right. So, like, what kind? Like, say I I don't flop, right? And you call a flop. Now I have a foul. And I'm arguing with you because I'm like, I didn't flop. He actually fouled me. Now I get another foul. Yeah. Now I'm at, like, now I'm in a situation. You know what I mean? So, like. So, are are these flop calls. When you when the ref sees it and it looks like a flop, are they going to the monitor to look and see if it was a flop? Right. That, or are they that just they going off, or, or is this an eye test? Right. Off the but even if they're going to the monitor, let's say they're going to the, it's still a judgment call on the ref to say whether or not the flop or lack thereof is right, actually yeah, but, a flop. So it's basically the ref, either way you slice it, the decisions in the ref's hands, a judgment call. I like penalizing for flops. I think that we should do that because flopping has become excessive and egregious in the NBA. It is such a game killer. It's annoying to watch. I hate it. I just, I don't know. I'm a little worrisome about putting in the decision of a referee to determine what's a flop and what's not. It just seems like I'm giving them even more, like too much power, even more power than they already have. That's my only like weariness about it. That's interesting because I, I was kind of on the other side of it. I thought that it was gonna it was gonna like improve the quality of basketball. I think I maybe because I because I hate the you know to your point, Ashley. I hate all of the flopping. I think it it slows the game down also. Um, and and but what I I mean yeah the technical foul free throw though like that's a big that's a and big remember point. a certain yeah. amount of technical fouls equals well, suspension. Yeah, I think yeah. I think it's I think it's good they putting it in if they feel like I mean I I don't watch the games and look for all these flopping calls I guess that's some that that just became such a big deal 
Mm-hmm. Um, I do know certain guys that do flop a lot, that do fake. You know, we know those we guys. We know them. Yeah, right. <laughs> we know those guys that do do that. But I don't think it's something that should be highlighted like it's been highlighted right now. I don't think it's become that problem. It hasn't changed the NBA championship game. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's changed the playoff game. Yeah. Now, I may have gave a player a fourth or fifth foul that may have hurt them in the course of the game. But besides that, has it really affected the game that much? Well, we're making with that, that the league needs to highlight this. I think that's the problem. We're highlighting it and making it like part of the game. So yeah. there's some very good defenders out here that know how they put their body in front of people that take good charges and all those things. You're allowing them now to think that that's a part of the game. Yeah. I want. I, so I just think we're putting too much emphasis on it. I think we're making a big deal. If it affects, if we've saw several times during the season or during the playoffs where uh, a fake flop is it's, it's hurt a game or won or lost the game, then of course we should be addressing it. But it, I don't think it should be a big deal. That's that's my personal thing. I just think it's a couple players in the league that do it really, really well. Right. And that's it. I mean, it's not like it's a collection of everybody on every. It's one person on every team that does it. It's just mm-hmm. a couple guys yeah. that get away with it that are very good at it. Yeah. I don't think it should be highlighted the way it is. Tuan, don't they hand out like? Don't they give out fines for flopping like after the fact? Or is that is mm-hmm. that still a thing? That's after so, the fact. Yeah. So like, I never under. <sighs> this is my this is my issue with that. I feel like we should continue with the fines. Because it, or maybe increase the fines to deter people from flopping, players from flopping, because maybe you there won't you feel like it into, maybe you won't, right, like increase that. the fine for flopping like after the fact. Yeah. And maybe yes, like if it's egregious enough to affect the course of the game, give the referees the power to overturn or give a player a foul for flopping if it's like so just like over the top and just dramatic Mm -hmm. but i feel like giving them the power for every single time they think there's a flop Mm -hmm. whether it's actually affecting the game or not is problematic and you're going to run into some situations and i i just feel like there's too much gray area for this particular rule yeah because unfortunately i agree with you on that yeah unfortunately i could foresee a situation where it is like the very end of the game i I don't know this might be a call where like under two minutes they can't they can't award the technical foul free throw but like it's not typically the case so i could see in in some late game situations where a team gets a free point and that one free point could really you know determine the, the outcome of a game so yeah, yeah I, wish, I, I wish we had the rules. Like they're gonna come in. Like what usually happens when they put big rules in like this? They usually the referees travel to each team during training camp and actually have film and show them what's right, what's wrong, what we're gonna call, how it's gonna be called. I wish we were we could sit in those those meetings and actually see how they're gonna determine this mm-hmm. rule. It's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be something that probably gets taken out. And I don't you, think it's gonna last long. And you said the players are all there too, like they like they come to the players. Yeah, and they, they, they come to training camp. Uh-huh. And they're gonna especially a rule like this that could affect the game. They're gonna be there to show them what's right, what's wrong. Yeah. They're gonna have plays carved up that show them what's a a, a flop that's that we're not accepting. A flop that's gonna be cool. It's, they're gonna give them examples of everything that they're gonna be calling during the season. Okay. So they're gonna get an opportunity to notice what's going on. Where us as an outside looking in. You know, we're just judging off that and watching the game. You're going to see players doing things that they feel like that's acceptable. Right. Because they've just, been told by referees. We should just shame floppers and add it to their stat line. <laughs> oh, flops. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like points, like an official rebound, average. assist, flops. <laughs> <laughs> like like the scarlet letter. Right, like right, make, right, them, right. make them add that to their w- stat would line. Would it be the flops attempted to? It's a plus or minus. Is it going to be a plus or minus? Minus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Minus <laughs> What's your average flop? For sure. So game? Chris Paul, like, Chris Paul's like 27, 8, 
45. You know what I mean? <laughs> 45 like, flops. 45 <laughs> flops per season. That's like, and B, 30, 10, 11, 60. <laughs> you know? Hey. Just shame them into shame them, make put them put flops in their stat line. To tear them. Give out awards, like best flopper oh, of the no. year. Oh, no. You know what I mean? <laughs> Could you imagine? At the ESPYs. <laughs> and like the award is just wow. a guy like falling back. Yeah, the award <laughs> just a guy falling backwards. You know how they give out Razzies for like <laughs> bad acting performances? Yeah. They should give out a flopper award and like the when they do the the package at the NBA awards and things like that or whatever, it's a package of them and all their flops. Oh, my oh goodness. that'd be dope. You they know, have they the fans back, be- vote on the best flopper. Oh my god! <laughs> you don't have any MVPs, but you know what you do have? Best flopper of the year. Yeah, Congratulations! Right. <laughs> hey NBA, get ready for that invoice oh from Ashley, please. We'll call it the we'll call it the F O T Y award, flopper of the year. We should yeah. add that in there. The Fody. The Fody. The Fody. The Fody. Yeah, see that, for that sure. Sound, that sounds that sounds kind of hot. It's fitting. Definitely I'm just fitting. saying, we should put it out there. Yo, that's that's all. Funny. Yo, the NBA, we got a lot of things that the NBA need to implement on this show. Um, but all right, yo, moving on. So this guy's name, he came up a little earlier in the top scorers of all time. But NBA player Will Barton, he was a guest on the Ball Don't Stop podcast. And Antoine, he said that Carmelo Anthony is a top 15 player of all time. We actually got that clip, so we're going to allow the viewers to take a look at it real quick. Crazy handle, yeah. mid-range, shoot it, get to the rim. First step was quick. Like That's insane. Carmelo wanted to – if we going out just Mike eye test of yeah. best – it ain't 15 guys that I ever seen that nah. was better than him. And I say this all the time. It ain't 15 guys that I ever not. seen that was better than him. You can't take – and you could take team basketball championships and all that shit. You can't name 15 in the history of the sport. You put them on a basketball court that can do what Carmelo Anthony nah. was doing. Nah, not night in, night out. Nah. For that long, 15 years. Not with that talent, too. Bully, strong. Young, mellow. Quick. A bully, but was athletic. Yeah. But could shoot. Yeah. Inside, outside. Man, come on. So, Antoine, can you co-sign what he said? He's saying, I mean, you know, this isn't the top 15 scorers maybe of all time, but is he a top 15 player of all time? No, he's not a top 15 player. Melo's one of the top scorers of all time. If you want to talk about Melo and his career. One of the best scorers to play the, play the game. Um, one of the premier small forwards um, to be able to do it. But when I start thinking about all time, no. Mm. Of all of the league ever, no. He's not in that category. He probably, if I had to make a hard list, I mean, he, he you know, he's probably top 50, depending okay. on where you want to rank him. He's that's probably top nice. 50, but top 15, depending, um, that, that's too high. Don't have any championships. Um, never played any finals. Um it's tough for me to put Melo there. As much as I love Melo and, and love his scoring ability, um, I thought he was a very unique player in, in his league. Um, you don't see that guys with mid-range game at his size that can handle and do so. a lot of things that he does on the court. Um, but top 15 all time, no, I can't put him in that co- that conversation. Yeah, um, I agree. Um, and I love Melo. Mm-hmm. Um, but top 15 is a stretch. Um, I could go top 30. Top thirty, top forty. All right, that's um, you start to get to thirty, forty. For sure, yeah. Maybe even depending on what my list looks like, maybe even like high twenty, twenty nine, twenty eight, mm-hmm. maybe. But top fifteen, I mean, top fifteen. You're talking guys with multiple chips. We're talking guys with MVPs. We're talking guys with multiple MVPs. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, you're talking top 15, you guys, you have everybody from Jordan to Bird to Magic to Kareem to Wilt. Mm -hmm. You know, now getting into the modern era, you got Steph. You probably have Jokic in there now. Like, you just, you have Shaq, you have Hakeem. You have, I mean, that, that right there is at least 10. Yeah, right, I only got right. five spots yeah, left. So, like, <laughs> exactly. it's not a knock to Carmelo. Um, as I said, huge Carmelo fan. It's just top 15 is very hard to crack when you don't have any hardware. Mm -hmm. And Antoine, too, do you, do you get yeah. what, uh, do you get what, um, what Barton, what Barton is saying too, when he says like the eye test, like, like, could, could you name players maybe that pass the eye test that just aren't respected really, you know, by other players or, that you'd say, or well, not even, I, not even I, players. I understand what he's saying. He's uh -huh. saying just what Ash just talked about, about having the hardware, winning the championship. Mm -hmm. And he obviously won one in college and we know how great Melo was in college. So, I just think when you start in the league, we we have to put that in there. When you're able to put the body of work in and win titles, that you have to respect that. And mm -hmm. I think that's where the separation comes in. That now, just being a basketball player, understanding how Melo, I know how tough Melo is. I know how good he is. That's that's not a question. But when you start ranking players, you have to put in consideration when you're able to win on top of that and still have the individual accolades to go alongside it. There's too many other players that have won championships and have had huge numbers mm -hmm. too to go along with it just like mellow so you got to put all that in, into consideration but it just it's nothing wrong with like it i think it's a good conversation to have but all time that's going to be tough it's tough to crack that list yeah, yeah. be 15. No, I hear 30 you. maybe yeah maybe, right, right. you know 30 could be possible depending on what you like mm -hmm. no no i hear you guys i hear you guys and bc you could throw that that graphic back up there because you know who chimed in on this conversation Antoine, none other than our guy Kevin Durant. So a fan had quote retweeted this tweet and said, you know, bucket getters are more respected by players than other types of players exhibit 200. And KD, of course, replied to that and says, well, what's the object of the game? What? So, what's the first tweet? I don't even know what that means. It says bucket getters. Basically, he was saying like bucket getters are more respected by other bucket getters, I guess. Right. And this is another exhibit of that. And then, of course, KD chimed in and was like, well, what's the object of the game? So I think he's kind of he's kind of insinuating that, you know, I mean, well, I think we should respect the guys who can score points more. So I, I want to say that's kind of what he was getting at. What you think, you know, uh, what you think by that statement, Antoine? I, I understand what he's saying. I mean, I, and it, it makes sense. But yeah. I think we got to We put we talking about all time. So we got to tag winning on to that as well. Mm -hmm, yeah. um, you know, when we when we talk about breaking down players and who's better than the other, it comes down to that. Right. It, guys that have won at that high level. KD, we're going to obviously put over Camelo Anthony, probably scoring and as a, a better player because he's won two. Yep. And he's MVP in the finals. He's, he's, you know what I mean? So the body of work speaks for itself. Basketball mm -hmm. players and people that know the game and love the game, we all respect and love Melo. Yeah. We all consider sure. Melo one, sure. yeah. one of the greatest scorers of the game. We all respect what he done, his body of work, going to New York and Denver. And in college, winning the national championship. Absolutely. We respect, we all respect Melo's game. But when you talk about all time, it's just a couple other forwards that you put in there because they was able to win and get their team over the hump and also still put up the same numbers too. So that's yeah. that, that's where that conversation comes in. But Melo's definitely like, I, I like what I said, you, you want 30, 40, depending on how you want to break their numbers down and players, you do put Melo in that, in that conversation. Yeah. But top all time, no, no, you can't put him in that. Where you think he he ranks among Knicks? Top ten. Wow. Ooh. Greatest Knicks? Top ten. Top ten. 
For sure. There's a lot of great Knicks. It's a lot for of sure. great Knicks. Yeah, Antoine, were you you think for he, sure, he more like 10. top ten, more of a top five or top five. Top five? Yeah. Yeah. I, saw, I thought you was gonna give him top five too. That's well, because I'm thinking you got to think Bernard King, Bernard Patrick King's Ewing, the first one that comes doing Walt Frazier. Walt Frazier, that's three right there. Mm. Um, some may say Anthony Mason. Um, yeah, that but that's yeah. I think it's right here is when when Melo starts to come up though. That's why I say top five. You know, it may be missing a name. May, I'm missing an. I think I feel like I'm missing a name. I can't. Not Allen Houston. I is, wouldn't put him is top Tiny five. Tiny Archibald, a Nick. Was Tiny Archibald a Nick? I, think I, BC. I think at some Willis point Reed. I do remember him being a Nick. I feel like he was. BC, was he a Nick? Yeah, no, I don't so. think. I don't believe so, no. He wasn't no? a Nick? Well, who did he play, who no. did he play for? Charlie. But you got Willis would Reed. You put, would you put, oh, Willis Reed? He was a net. He, he was a championship, the captain. Would you the put, captain. you have, I mean, you have Anthony Mason, you have Willis Reed. Would you put uh, John King? Starks? I said Bernard King. I, John yeah, Starks? I was, th- I was thinking Starks. I know he's a great body. I, I want to put him in front of, in front of Melo, though. Earl the Pearl? Oh, right, yeah. That's five, right? That's the name I was Earl thinking of. Earl good. the Pearl, that's five. Oh, okay, yeah. okay right. So yeah, Bernard King, Bernard King, yeah. Patrick Ewing, Walt Frazier, Earl, Earl the Pearl. Then, may, then maybe Mello? Mm, I feel like I'm missing a name yeah, before I get to Mello, Mello though. Mello might Mello be right there. Right maybe five. Mello's maybe I got Mello's Willis five. Reed. I Willis got... Reed is the name I'm thinking of. That's five. Is he? No, nah, I ain't. Listen. You wouldn't put Willis Reed before Carmelo? I'm not even going to lie. I don't know who Willis Reed is. <laughs> <laughs> that was one name of every Nick that y'all was just naming. I don't know. I, so I got to do my film. I got to do some research on Willis Reed. <laughs> that was the only one I don't know. <laughs> but maybe, all those other dudes, I know. Maybe, maybe it's a toss up between Willis Reed and, and Carmelo Anthony. Maybe. Yeah. You yeah. forgot Willis Jeremy Reed, the Lin. famous one, man. The walk, the limped off the court, came back on the court. You, you gotta get your history together. <laughs> I, know, I, know, I know. Yeah, you never said when someone pulls a Willis Reed. You never heard that saying before. Yeah, is he like Willis Reed? You never no. heard. You never heard no. somebody say they're about, they're pulling a Willis Reed, <laughs> no. where he limps off the court and all of a sudden he was able to come back on. He was running with no problem. Okay, I'm seeing him now. Wow, yeah. I'm seeing him now. <laughs> Light skin. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. Charles Oakley was a Nick too. But would you say he's top yeah, five? He's not, Charles Oakley. No, he's not. Man, top no, Mello. he's top ten. And judging by how Willis Reed, I'm I'm picking like Mello Anthony too. Anthony <laughs> Mason, Charles Oakley is top ten. Where you where you no, put Mark Jackson at? Nice Ooh, mm. Mark Jackson. See? Where you put Mark Jackson? That's I mean, you had one. Phil Jackson too. He won a chip. Yeah. Two. Yeah, Phil's in there. Phil's he wants to. That's what I'm saying. It may you may not be so able to put Melo in top five. There's a lot of historic Knicks, and some of them and, have hardware. And, good point. Yeah. That's why I was and just the like. My time with the Knicks was really. I good wouldn't too. put Stoudemire top five. Though. <laughs> you forgot Jeremy <laughs> Lin. Five, Get out of here. I would say Stoudemire's top ten. Maybe. Mm-mm. Nah. Maybe, depending on what that list looks like. BC. Nah. Maybe. BC in the booth said you forget Jeremy Lin. He, he did have a good run. Oh, Jeremy Lin? <laughs> Is he a top 10, Jeremy Lin? Yeah, y- forget Jeremy Lin. Who top else played Nick? for the Knicks? Eddie Curry played for the Knicks, right? Stop it. He said stop. Are you digging? You digging? They said you yeah. digging. Yeah. I know I'm digging. We put that shovel away, Ashley. No, no, no. I'm just trying to. I don't know. Maybe I, for me, maybe it's a toss up between Starks and Mello for that fifth spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, Marbury. No, I wouldn't put Marbury top five. No. Marbury top five? No. Not five. No, not top five. No, top ten. He's definitely a, he was a good Nick. He was a good Nick. Yeah, yeah he was. He was a good Nick, but I wouldn't put him top five. No, nah, not put top him five. They got a lot of heat. Top uh, ten. Nick knowledge. I'd put him top ten. For me, it'd be a toss up between Starks and Mello for that fifth spot because yeah. I feel like the other four you have to give it to 
Frazier, Earl the Pearl. You have to give it to Patrick, Patrick Ewing. You yeah, have see, to Raymond yeah. Felton King. See the Bernard King. Yeah. The thing with the see the thing with the Knicks is that they don't have a lot of NBA championships. Mm -hmm. They got they have some good players from time to time. It's not like the Celtics. Not like the Celtics got great oh, players boy. and the championships. So if, was, if we was ranking, you know, Celtic players, it'd be totally Get different conversation. Yeah, but we have history. We got we got Hall of Famers. We got Hall of Fame. We we don't have a lot of chits. We got Hall of Famers. Our guys are in our guys are in the history books. You know what I'm saying? Like we got we got you know Miami may have more chips than us, but not all their players are in the history books. You only got a few of them who are gonna make history. You know what I mean? Chad to Mario Chalmers, he has a ring. He ain't going in no history book. Knicks and Cowboys fan, you gotta gotta create them excuses. You know what I mean? Well, first of all, the Cowboys have five chips and multiple <laughs> hall of famers have some respect no, how many no, hall no. of famers do y'all have hey, you got a, no, couple. Got a couple that's cute oh you got jason kidd <laughs> who the jason nets? oh no i thought you were we're, talking, we're talking football yeah, no, but like y'all have I'm a couple the the nets right y'all have okay. a couple we ain't got my whole yet. team from the 90s is in canton ohio right now like have some respect I mean, we got lt the great you know <laughs> okay have some respect sit that sit 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 over there um got good history yeah Hey, well, moving on, guys. I, I got another good one for us. So, PJ Tucker. Oh, Spreewell. I did forget Spreewell. Spreewell? Spreewell was a good one. Mm, yeah. Latrell Spree. Yeah. Latrell Spree. Shout out those uh, Spreewell shoes again. We were just talking about his shoes. His shoes wasn't it. But Take the shoes he, out of the equation. It, it on the court, though. I used to love hearing <laughs> them say his name when yeah. he was. Latrell He does have like an all-time great. Yeah, he has like an all-time great name. I ain't going to lie. Yeah. Latrell Spreewell. That was rhymes. actually really good, too, actually. You, I, it's it's engraved in my memory. That and the way they would say Carmelo Anthony's name when he would score mm -hmm. Carmelo Anthony those are the <laughs> days right. those are the days that is all right <laughs> but uh, now this this is actually a pretty funny one uh Antoine and Ashley so PJ Tucker was a guest on Jeff Teak's podcast Club 520 and he claimed that LeBron Club what Club 520 oh okay. yeah that's the name of their podcast Got it. well Jeff Teak's podcast and he claimed that LeBron back in 2015 was unstoppable they basically he and Jeff Teak agreed that that was the best version of LeBron James we got a clip where they kind of delve into this conversation let's take a look at it that was the most unstoppable LeBron James that year wait that was that in Miami that was Brian no. first year back in Cleveland right that was first year back in Cleveland I'm rolling I'm rolling with that's you that's LeBron that was first year most oh, unstoppable yeah, was listen oh, no. there oh, no. is listen listen I'm oh, telling y'all there's I'm, I'm not even Debating it, that I'm that LeBron that was unstoppable. Nah. There's nothing. Fuck no, that, he that, turned that, that when, he, when that. he went against uh Paul Pierce and then when he was in that Miami jersey. What year was that? 2011, or 2012. When he went 12, crazy on the 12. 12. That had to be 12. Nah, bro, bro. that nigga nah. was retarded. LeBron nah. first year back in in, in Cleveland, in Cleveland when he had the, the, the weak ass mustache and Kyrie one. and Kevin Love was out. He was eating. That was the one. He was killing. No, listen, bro. That was two thousand six. He was showing like how like like he showed the physicality that year of like niggas can't really like physically guard me like yeah that was the first time yeah. I was because I thought I thought I could guard like really really guard Brian until that point and I was like I can't guard. Oh, Brian. you ever thought you thought you could ever guard him? You thought I, mean, you I guard, guard I guard Brian well, but that was like he just like. He showed, showed like, yeah, like, that yeah. year after the All Star, yeah, he was, yeah, because that's like, when he, he had showed, a three too, because that's when the three point ball came oh, in like nah, heavy. He was doing the, the, the right step. Yeah, that was that. Because I, yeah. I, we had a game. Yeah, buckets. We had Where a game. Where did he leave? I think okay, Kyrie not had tore his shit. I think it was that year he had tore his shit. Oh, okay. And we had a game, and I think I had gave Della Dova like something crazy. 
And I told Talk him, about it. yeah, it's going to be a long, pause. I was like, it's going to be a long fucking night. And he was yeah, like, can you wild. score more than me, nigga? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Dylan Nova told you that? No, bro. Oh, I was going to say, Dylan told you that. It's about, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, yo, look, Boosie in the crowd, I'm feeling about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, quit. Bro, I'm like, well, you got to show me. Nigga, I had, I averaged 18. (laughs) (laughs) I averaged 18 that series, man. I averaged like 38. Oh, my God, man. Man, I ain't had enough for Brian, man. Oh, my God. fuck I was talking about? So what? Yo, I thought that Jeff Teague story was golden, y'all. But LeBron James, 2015. Do y'all think that was the best version of LeBron James? 2012 LeBron James was pretty badass. Absolutely. 20- I like to. I'm going 2007 LeBron James. The first year they went to the finals. Okay. Was LeBron James was incredible. To take that team to the finals. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, we know they didn't have no success in the finals. But to take that team to the finals, LeBron James that year was unbelievable. Yeah. Just think back, 2007, he was unbelievable. He, the year no, they went there. I, and uh, and I'm going to go back to, and we can put a close second, close second when they went to the first the first round. The, was the, is that the first round? Of the, uh, the first year they went to the finals with Cleveland? Uh-huh. When he, um, the J.R. Smith year, when he called a timeout, I'm trying to think what year that was. So that, that was when he went back to Cleveland, though, you're saying, right? Like after Miami? When he went back, yeah, uh-huh, after uh-huh. Miami. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, so it was, basically, it was that uh, uh, 2014? 2014. 2015? Yeah, 2014. Yeah, those two, those two years were like. Yeah, Braun was in like God. The man. ultimate year. Yeah, <laughs> the ultimate year for me. Yeah, no, I hear you. I, I mean, me, it got to be it got to be the second year. This his sec, No, the second championship year in Miami. So 2013? So 2013, yeah. Not t- 2012, mm-hmm. he was good too. But I think 2013, that year, I, was, I mean, I've talked to a lot of people offline about this conversation and actually brought up the same year you did too, Antoine. That, that first year, he went to the championship with Cleveland and, and I get it. Like, that team got had no business. 20, like- I, I would say 2013, 2016. Yeah, because 2013 was, was the year that he was just in his bag defensively, though. That's when we, we learned LeBron James as a chase-down blocker. That's when he was yeah. just chasing down, blocking everything. Right. I think he was at his peak athletically in those years when he was in Miami. I think that was the most athletic LeBron James that we had seen. And then once, you know, in his second stint in Cleveland, that's when we started to see him kind of, in my opinion, go deeper into his bag. He started to develop a three-point shot. We started to see him do that a lot more. Yeah. So I, I hear you if you th- if if you know if you saying for that, me, that was a good LeBron. For too. me, it was 2016 LeBron, and then 2013, 2012, 2013 LeBron mm-hmm. were probably like my favorite versions of him. Yeah. It would be hard for me to say he was at his. I don't agree with he was at his peak in 2015 because we've been seeing we were seeing him do it for a few seasons before, and then we saw him do it after. Mm-hmm. So peak for me would be when he was at his highest and where he continued before he started to drop off a little. And for me, his peak started probably 2012. Yeah, right, right, right. No, I agree. I say 2012 through 2016, LeBron was yeah. that was his peak. Yeah, because I'm telling you, that, that was special. That that game, that game, I, I still I could place myself where I was when I was watching it. When he and, and Kyrie had both scored 40 to keep the series alive, was that Game Six before Game Seven? Mm-hmm. When, when they were when they were going yeah. on like that coming back down oh, from yeah. three one, yeah, I was I just, just like I, just I couldn't believe I was witnessing you, that. No, I agree, with, but I just think offensively when he was in his bag bag mm-hmm. that 017, he didn't have the, no, the, the personnel that he had with that 07, What he was doing with that run to the finals was amazing. I know they got swept mm-hmm. in the finals, but he was something special, man. That yeah. run, 
beating Detroit and man, um, listen, man, that that was special. He mm-hmm. was special offensively. Some mm-hmm. would say though, 2013. I'm going 2012, 20 through 2016 because some would say 2013. He should have won Defensive Player of the Year. I was going to make that point eventually. Like, he lost that to the, one of the Gasol. guys. No, Marc Gasol, oh, Mar- wasn't Mar- it? Mar- Mar- it was Marc Gasol, yeah. Yeah, like, some make, could have make an argument. Not only offensively was he dominant, yeah. but defensively, he could have been Defensive Player of the Year. But yeah. Marc Gasol stole it from him. Yeah, that was, that was the year he could have been. He could have won every award that he was nominated for. No, he was in his Helpful. bag. Yeah. Like, that, that span of three years was, yeah. like, different. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's when he turned. I don't think I ever hated LeBron as much as I did when he was in Miami. (laughs) He was just that dominant. Yeah. Like when he left, I was like, LeBron's cool. Mm -hmm. I like him. But in those Miami years, I could not stand him. And mind you, I was in college Mm -hmm. down here when that era was happening. Yeah. So like front row and center, and you couldn't escape it. Like it was everywhere. The pictures were everywhere. The billboards were everywhere. Mm -hmm. Like there were heat jerseys everywhere. Like. You think it's bad now. It was like on steroids back then. And it was just as a Knicks fan, mind <laughs> you, I'm fresh from New York too. Right. I'm like, oh hell no. <laughs> like they it had it was so bad. All those championship those finals, I'm rooting for the Spurs <laughs> and Dallas. I don't give a damn about either of those teams, but mm. I was legit in there. Let's go, Spurs. Let's go, <laughs> Spurs. Damn. Just because I could not have the Heat win anything. And guess what? It didn't happen. Sure didn't. <laughs> well, no, I was happy. I was happy. Yeah, when the Spurs got him, I yeah. was happy when Dallas got him mm-hmm. because well, I was like, yeah, suckers. Now what? You yeah. went through all that big three hoop line. You uh, no. still lost. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And and Dirk and them were in the club with the trophy and live. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I remember that. That was one of the night. I was in there that night. Oh my god, he got vivid memories of it. I'm sorry. Right? Yo, yeah, but no, that Sean was... Mary's my good friend. Oh, so okay. I went to the game. So. Oh. And they won, and we I party with them. But yeah, I see Mark spend that that couple hundred in there. Yo, to be a part of that had to be. I cool was there. To, yeah, I, I, I think that was one of the legit. best finals runs ever. Like, well, I, I'm speaking for for Dirk. What was the club like really though, good. Antoine? That's what I'm saying, yo. Was it like was a it bunch like? of haters in there? Like, man, we got Dallas in here. Nah, they got nah, nah, they showed they, show they took the stage over. Oh wow, they the did. I remember team. the photos. Yeah, they took the stage over, and then Mark spent about two, three hundred in there. They they balled out. Oh, they better love. It. I mean, on a yeah, night like that, I ain't that. never drunk so good for free in my life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Knicks fan good. in me was like so happy, and then they went on to two Pete, and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. We Shut just wanted. Down. We had just wanted, so I was like, man. The year before, I'm like, but well, Sean's my good friend, so I had to party with him. They was they was mad. I was in there. <laughs> like, yo, come on, yo. Now you are. You got go free alcohol. Yeah, right. Free alcohol, do it to you. Hey, it's too funny. <laughs> hey, but I want to I want to uh, talk about Jeff T's story. I don't know if you had caught that at the end when he said he was talking trash to LeBron James, and then yeah, LeBron James dropped thirty six points per game in that series because that was when the Hawks they were a playoff team, so Jeff T was on those teams. That's and, what Dylan Brooks knows what that's like. Yeah, right, right, right. Mm. So now, Anton, I wanted to ask you, yo, have you ever been a part of a situation like that where you was talking trash but kind of bit off, you know, a little more you can chew and it kind of backfired on you? Yeah, my early in my career. Yeah. Playing against the Bulls. Ooh. Yeah, playing against the Bulls. I went against that that three-peat, that second three-peat. Oof. One the 11. <laughs> one the 11. I won one game out of 12. Dang. Yeah, and I used to always talk trash. I'll never forget, we beat them. We beat Michael them in night. We beat him in um, my first year. We beat him uh, opening night. Pippen was out. I think this was the year Pippen filed the season injured, and we beat him opening night. Mm. Mike told me in the hallway, "You you will never beat me again." 
in the hallway, like after the game, told me you will never beat me again. We was talking, I was young, man, I'm 20 years old. I'm talking all that, I'm trash, you know what I mean? I think I was like 21. We beat the Bulls, I'm from Chicago. Opening night, we beat them. I had 30, I'm doing feeling good. I'm talking trash. He told me we would never beat them again. 11 to no after that, buddy. That's so crazy. That's 11 straight times. No true story, 11 straight times. Is that not is that not a Michael Jordan story right that there? That is such a Michael Jordan That's story. Such a Michael Jordan the, story. What that meme is, and I took that personal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Mike yeah. every single time, man. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, yo, to be able to play against Michael Jordan, that just But it's been a crazy, crazy because it's one thing to like say it, right? Because mm-hmm. we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Like the story about Grant Williams where he's like, watch you make them both. Watch and he missed both free throws. Mm-hmm. Or like, didn't Bradley Beal one time? Like bet Ben Simmons in a game, like ten bands mm-hmm. about like hitting free throws or something, and then he didn't. Like Bradley Beal told that story. Like we've seen that happen across the board. So it's one thing to talk trash and then not be able to back it up. Like oh, you're not gonna get another. But Mike did it. <laughs> yeah, Mike talks trash. I got some. Listen, Michael. Please, Sharon. Pick up, pick up ball. He talks trash. Mm-hmm. We worked out the song. He came back. When he came back to the Wizards, this is old Mike. Now think about it. This is old Mike. When he came back to the Wizards, Mike will tell you down. He will tell your ego down because he's about winning. I mean, he, one, he's got all the money in the world. He's mm. he's won he's yeah. won championships. He got all MVPs. So he's got all the individual accolades to go along. And if you're not a winner, he will tell you down. So I remember just training with him and working with him and. and when I finally got my championship, that was one of my first phone calls. I felt like I joined the club now. Mm-hmm. He don't. Re- he doesn't respect you unless you're a winner. Yeah. That's why I think he. That's why I think he wasn't a great owner. Mm-hmm. That's just being truthful. That's a whole nother conversation. But I just think he doesn't respect you being a winner if you're not a winner. Wow. And that's what he would throw on your face. You ain't never won nothing. You ain't never did nothing. He would throw that in your face every time when you playing against them. Our pickup games used to be legendary. So seven was legendary. If you beat him, he wanted to win every game. That's how. I always say, I always say, everybody's a LeBron and Michael conversation, and not, not saying I played a lot of pickup ball with LeBron, but I've been around Michael enough. The competitive drive to win is second to none. That's why I always consider him the greatest in mm-hmm. everything he does. But if you compete in pickup ball, you want to win, and you bragging and talking about that for hours after you get through playing in the summer. In the summertime, we just working out. You something different. Yeah. That's what makes Mike really different. He's just something different. He wants to win all the time, no matter what. Mm-hmm. And that's why I just picked up from. But yeah, that's something different with Michael Jordan. What's the craziest thing he's ever said to you? <laughs> oh, Michael! <laughs> like, what's the cra- What's Ash, the craziest way he's ever come at you? Like, Ash, okay, saying you'll Ash, never win got, anything is one thing, but like, what's the wildest thing when you sat back? You're like, damn, that kind of hurt. Pipe down, man. Like damn. that, that kind of hurt my feelings <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> no, nah, it's a lot of it's, it's a lot of things he said to me. Ash, I, you guys, we're gonna talk about that off there. <laughs> 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 Yo. I got, I got, I got real stories off the court stories, real stories. You know, <laughs> too Not safe for work, he, folks. How about, how about this? We, he beat your ass on the court all day long, and then you got to go eat with him in his restaurant. You go eat with him in his restaurant. You know, we worked out the gym. He had a restaurant right next to the gym. Yeah. He owned the restaurant, so we used to go eat over at it. So he beat you, then he come feed you. <laughs> what you want, that's you that's polite though. <laughs> He's from he North Carolina. That's very southern gentleman of him. Uh, right, hospitality. <laughs> southern hospitality. Was this food good though? Was this food good at his restaurant? 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Do they still have it? Do they still have that restaurant too? It's only one. It's only one in Chicago, in Chicago. now on Michigan Avenue. Okay. Michael Jordan restaurant. What kind of food is it? Like soul food? It's, like a, it's a steakhouse. No, it's a steakhouse. Oh, steakhouse. Yeah. Okay. It's popping. It be. I mean, I don't go there, but it it's still be packed. It's on Michigan Avenue. It's right in the mix of everything, so That's people cool. still go there. Yeah, That's might, like I'm Clyde's that Wine and Dine. Yeah, yeah. In uh, New York, Clyde Frazier has his restaurant, the Wine and Dive or Wine and Dine or something I'm gonna like say that. The Wine and Dine, if that I was the, the name of it, that would sound nice. Well, hey man, I you think know. that's a wrap, Ashley. Wow, Antoine, Antoine, you we finished one forty-five on the dot. That never happens, guys. No, I know that was smooth. I know the audio department <laughs> is going to be so ecstatic about that one. Right, I know, I know. Let's <laughs> extend it five minutes longer. Give them more work to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, um, I'll start singing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now, Antoine, man, you know, of course, it's a pleasure as always. We're, we're going to have you back on yeah. tomorrow, right? Yes, sir. Cool, cool, cool. Well, sounds good, boss. We appreciate you. All right. Take it all easy. Right. All right, paper route. That's it all. For Happy us hump today. day, everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Peace out, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>